I see that editing isn't as good as rolling doobies. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. All right, welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. And tonight we are joined by Stephen Cush, and we are talking scrub pythons along with, you know, some other, other those, uh, what would you call them, rare species of python, Owen? You know, like Apodora and stuff like that, you know? Like, Non-generics. You know. It's like how, what, it's what carpet python used to be. He used to be the the oh. ugly kids in the corner, you know? <laughs> we were able to just you kind of... my heart. <laughs> we were able to just kind of relax and not have to worry about how many how many genes we could cram into one little snake body. Yes. So, yeah. Well, the good things about carpets is there's limited genes, so we only have so many more that you can shove into the body, right? I guess. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, then we'll be back to back full circle again. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking, uh, you know, uh, uh, scrubs and all that kind of stuff. I think uh, scrubs is probably Stephen's uh, main passion, but uh, but we'll be getting into that uh, in a few. But um, before that, uh, I wanted to say, like, I don't know how your season is going. Uh, you know, it's not well. It's like, oh, geez. Oh, I, told oh, I forgot about, oh, never mind. I forgot about the Kribos. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, actually, I gave her um, a shot of uh, uh, oxytocin before we started the show. Um Okay. You know, so now we're going to see because she's been she laid a bunch of slugs last week um, and they're all slugs because all the ones that looked kind of good are starting to deflate and become gooey. And uh, she still has a ton of eggs still in her. Uh Um, So rather than like manhandling her like a tube of toothpaste and getting the eggs out, um, Uh all good things through, you know, pharmacology. I gave her a shot of oxytocin. This has worked before when Venus was all bound up and then just naturally just has the eggs. Um, It's really easy. So I'm predicting that I'm going to go downstairs after the show and there'll be a bunch of Kribo eggs. Um, Hopefully that'd be great. I would love that. So, and the eggs, according to just kind of them inside her and what I could feel, they're much bigger than the eggs that she actually like laid. So, um, who knows? Maybe we'll actually have some viable ones. That's cool. If not, <clears> I have anything else shaping up. <clears throat> um, a few things. Okay. I got one caramel jag head exanic female that looks huge. Um, I found out my really pretty caramel jag uh, female is actually a male because I haven't seen combat in a while, but you really don't mistake it. You no nope, no nope, nope. there's. <laughs> There I'm like, very, very few things just, that are, uh... I, I hate it so much because she's she he has been in with a male for three months and there have been no problems. And then I swapped boys and it was pandemonium. And I'm like, wait, oh, wow. but but he's a proven male. Were you just not doing anything <laughs> like I just, just letting this happen? So it was whatever. Wow. So um, all of pythons look good. Uh yeah, I paired the Kelly Kings. Um, something's happened with a bumpy skin snake that I don't want to jinx, so we're not even going to talk about it. Okay, don't. Uh, no, uh-uh. Um, so 
Uh, and then I separated everybody and I fed them and then put them back together. And certain animals, it seems like everybody ate, like everyone ate. There was not a single animal that refused. So actually there was a pair of animals that refused. Those are the bumpy ones again. Um, but I mean, everything else ate and I put them back together and they were half the pairs were locked up in 10 minutes. So, so let me ask this question. Do you use, do you usually see lockups after the female has either ovulated or is gravid? Both. I mean, well, it's, it's, I mean, I mean uh, the problem, my problem is, is that I, I pulled the trigger too early and she's like huge. And I'm like, clearly we've hit it and I can pull the male now and put him in with this female. And then a month later she shrinks back down and I missed it. And that was an opswell. Wow. So I leave the males in for a ridiculous amount of time. Like so I, I think, I think there was one time where he was all the way on the other side of the cage sandwiched underneath the water bowl and I pulled him. And then the next night she laid eggs and I'm like, Oh, whoops. Like, I mean, like he could have been pulled a month ago, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, yeah, but he was in there. So, I like um, to, to, to err on the side of caution. Yeah. I do too. And it's just one of those things where, uh, I have, I've had males, I've had males where I'm like, they're breeding two females, actively breeding two females. Mm-hmm. And then both females don't lay eggs because the male was in the other female's cage when he should have been or something like that. So it's now nah, it, at this point, I'm waiting until second, the female is basking belly up. Then I'm like, all right, we're good. But until then it's, it's all crapshoot. So I'd rather just err on it. That's why I don't like throwing a male to more than two females a year because you're spreading them too thin. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, I do, I do do that from time to time, but it's with specific pairings, but, uh, I was, uh, I kind of haven't really messed with my adults that are breeding for like maybe four days. Right. And, uh, all of a sudden, I just decided today to just go in and just, you know, give everybody a check and see how things are going. And uh, I sent you the picture. Yeah. <clears throat> Molly, Molly Ringwald is like so tight, man. She is like it's, tight as a drum. It, um, you don't realize it. You're like, oh, you pick it up. And you're like, oh, dear God, like they're yeah. solid. And the belly scales are popped out into that square. And you're like, well, clearly something's happening here. So, um yeah, I don't know if she she's ovulating or I don't know. So I left the male in there. Um, I left V in there with her to see uh, just to make sure to seal the deal. Right. But um, I gave her just so people. I, I swear this is a go-to trick with um, with Moralia. But um, you know, I was coming up in the out of the starting to warm things up, starting to get yeah. back on track, all that kind of stuff because we're kind of in the swing, the upswing of it now. Um, right, and, and I, I doubt winter is going to make an <laughs> abrupt turn and come back for vengeance for us no. because I mean, <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> so yeah, we're good. So uh, so I went through and I fed, and uh, most of the females that I was breeding all took meals except one, one, one poplin carpet. Uh, she didn't. She refused, and I think she might be gravid with a small clutch. Um, but uh, so I'm excited about that. And then the the one that I got from uh, Dave Kelly, the real bandit. Well, that was the other picture I sent you. Um, yeah. She looks like she's pretty solid. Um, the lightning line jungles look like they're pretty good. The gelatin jungle looks pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, 
Citrus Tiger is kind of on the fence. Mm. I'm doing um, a, a, an outcross granite pairing uh, with Boa Cabana stuff, so that's that should be pretty cool. Um, not seeing a whole lot of action with the Citrus Tiger head albino stuff, so I don't know. Me either. I'm not seeing shit so. from that. Um, the I'm not really seeing too much action from the Timors. My bread liars staring at each other like, what do we do? I'm like, you're both proven animals. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're proven male. You're proven female. Like you guys, I, I shouldn't have to babysit two of you anymore. Right. So it's, but they're like, mm. um, <laughs> uh, the Womas are being the Womas, but apparently another Woma is on the way. Um, apparently I've, uh, spent too much time complaining about the Womas, uh, on air and someone offered me a a male Woma that, uh, I took, so she's already influencing the collection, dude. You got to help me. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Um, but, hope, but that that's another animal that's looked pretty um, is swollen up pretty nice. And they keep locking all the time. I don't know when to pull the woman male. Like I never do. So um, that'll be yeah. something cool. Hopefully. I've never yeah. bred woman. So like, you know what? You know what really maybe. sucks? All the liasis projects, except for the olives. Water pythons don't know what the hell they're doing. Maclots pythons, one's got one eyeball, can't find the female. Oh, so it's like, <laughs> I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like <it's> yeah. Just... <laughs> Maybe one of these years we'll get one, it. One day, one day, somebody. <laughs> so one day I'll, I'll find a female, and it'll all click. But until Thank then. God we're not Lyasis python right now. Uh, dear God. <laughs> we could be in trouble, man. Failure after failure <laughs> after failure. Yeah. So, uh, um, but uh, that's actually a, a, a part of the conversation tonight with Steven. I'm curious about his thoughts when it comes to, uh, you know, we see more and more scrubs getting bred outside of the typical breeding season or like yeah. eggs popping up. I'm, I'm well, also, it used to be that like somebody would run into a scrub clutch a year. And it, there would be like the main guys like Dave Means and stuff like that. But then yeah. somebody random would be like, holy crap, my bar next bread. And it's like, oh, shit. So um, and even that, it's like uh, there seems to be more and more inf- uh, more and more, you know, attention put on a lot of these other different types of scrubs as opposed to like line breeding of bar necks. I mean, yeah. it, I, don't, I don't see that many clutches of like Jayapura or something like that run around. So. Well, let's uh, let's get into it, with Steve. Do you have anything else? I know. If only we had a guest who could come on and talk to us about scrubs, Eric. Yeah, I know, right? So. All right, let's welcome Stephen Cush to the show. Um, welcome, man. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you guys? Doing all right. Excellent. Excellent. We're ready to talk some uh, some scrubs, some Absolutely, man. Whatever else you got hiding over there, and uh... <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh... Lots of cool pythons in particular over here. Kind of my uh, my main passion. Kind of has been for a long time. Uh, pythons in general, or just specific ones? <clears throat> pythons in general kind of been my interest from the start. You know, as everybody does. You know, start off with ball pythons and uh, you know expand here and there. Learn about different species. I I got a pretty cool opportunity to. Uh, work at a place from a young age that had some cool different species and you know, green trees and olives and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, just kind of built my way up to what I thought was kind of the pinnacle of almost a snake world, but definitely like non-venomous snakes, which is in my opinion, scrub pythons. And 
got my first scrub and just was absolutely addicted. And now, uh, since, uh, since moving down to Indianapolis, working for Forrest Fanning, my, uh, collection, which is kind of now shared with his, uh, has about 35 scrubs. So we've kind of, uh, really got the bug that, over that's here. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's a little bit more of a, more than two. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah, size that, collection. Yeah. Like most, most people who have scrubs, you know, it seems like they have, you know, every other Morelia, you know, uh, Lyasis complex species and they have like a pair or just one or something. Uh, mm-hmm. but we're going to probably have a scrub building here in the next few years. Uh, <laughs> the way it's looking. Wow. Well, it, that's uh, the good thing about forest is you can expand and just put up a building places. That's awesome. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is uh that is a pretty cool, uh, side effect to, uh, to work with yeah. forest for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Just like, do you, do you slowly influence your like, Hey, Hey forest, Scrubs are kind of cool. And like, you know, next day, kind of mention them a little bit more and until eventually he's I mean, like, that, like literally that's kind of what happened. Oh like, no. The first, time, <laughs> the first time he came to my place, you know, I, I was, I was always talking to him about scrub pythons and uh, you know, when I was first hanging out with him a lot, he, he knew some about them, but he didn't know, you know, everything. And he was really intrigued. And the first time he saw my collection back when I lived in Chicago, uh, he was really uh, interested in the Malukans in particular. Mm-hmm. And uh, once I got down here, He's the one who finds all the scrubs now. Like, I don't even have to look anymore. He's like, okay, there's here, here, and here. We got all these. We got these all coming next week. I'm just like, yes. uh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. <laughs> that's kind of what happens now. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I've definitely gotten him hooked. That's yeah. a sweet gig, man. How did you Pretty meet much, yeah. How did you meet him? So, I met uh, Forrest and Desiree when I was, I think, 14. I, I bought a snake off them, um, okay. an olive python, and just kind of stayed in touch with them ever since. And, uh, you know, kind of grew a friendship with them, especially within the last two years. And, uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, uh, Forrest and I started going on some cool trips, seeing a bunch of facilities, you know, private and zoos across the country and, uh, really, uh, formed a pretty strong friendship. And then uh, about a year ago now I moved here to Indianapolis and started working for him full time. That's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How has he changed you as a as a keeper or you know as a breeder? I mean, what kind of influence has he had on you? Yeah, you know. So you, you got him scrubs. You, is he getting you like are, like? Are you now interested in croc monitors or something like that? <laughs> well, if I would be lying if I said I wasn't before. Okay, but, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, this facility. I'm I'm in the reptile room right now, just doing some work, and I. It's just like. If you you know you're so immersed in it working here day to day, but like you can take a step back and actually appreciate what's here, and you're just like, holy crap! Like this is like a dream <laughs> reptile collection for anybody. Um, you know, ten species of crocodilians, all the tree monitors, croc monitors, freaking all those abronia. Like, it's it's amazing. Um, so yeah, I think definitely the parallel. You know, Forrest getting my scrub python addiction, I kind of got the abronia addiction. So mm. Okay. So he's, yeah. he's influenced you that way. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know he's uh he's really big time into those things. Uh that's yeah. Kinda, that's kind of his passion, right? I mean Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Very, very cool. So uh all right. And <laughs> uh you said you're you're basically working with like <laughs> How many scrubs again? 20, you said like 20. 30 something. You know, we, we have some that are not here yet. I, I think okay. 
I, I don't know. It, it's too many to count. It, it's like 30 to 35 at this point. Wow. Yeah. No tannin bars, though. Surprisingly. What? Tannin bars? Yeah. Is that is that a is that a choice or you just haven't found? Um, yeah. Well, tannin pants suck. I mean, it's, like, it's the active <laughs> choice not to get azanthic patternless, and just oh. nothing else has shown up. That's that's about it. See, um, I like that though because we I had a patterned, nor like a normal colored patterned male, and I uh, loved, and I loved him above all the others. <laughs> like he was he was my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. That would that would be the the, the dream right there. It'd be a pair of. Uh, Xanthic pattern tan bars. The other ones yeah. are just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I'd love to have them too, you know. <laughs> have every kind of scrub over here. So, isn't it, you know, you said something a minute ago that, like, you know, sometimes I guess we get inside our own world with our collections and stuff, and it's kind of like you don't really appreciate, not, not that you don't appreciate what you have, but. Maybe just like kind of gets lost in the day to day. Yeah. 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 And then you like think about it, you know, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like the, the day that we got uh, the uh, captive bred crocodile takers, that like, that really hit me all of a sudden. It's like, this is like the first legal import of these ever. And we're getting, you know, two of the first batch. It, it was really just like a mind blowing thing. Like, you know, actually realizing the kind of impact that that has is just, you know, something that really made me think for a minute. It was like, holy crap, like, that this is, is ridiculous. So cool. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> stuff, like, stuff I never imagined I'd be doing, especially, you know, still so early in the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, I say, uh, how can I say this? I, I don't mean this sound, I don't mean it to sound like it, like egotistical or whatever, but it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times, like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I kind of love the history of herpticulture. You know, I oh, love yeah. like the whole, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a species that I don't necessarily keep, you know, like, but even like hearing, mm -hmm. like when you hear like the ball python stories when they're importing them, when they were just coming in, oh, yeah, morphs and all that it's shit. Fascinating. You know? Yeah, I dig that stuff. But like, I get so caught up in what has happened in the past that sometimes I forget about what happens in the present and like, you know, we're all part now of, of, of this history that, you know, hopefully, you know, 20 years from now, people will be like, Oh man, you should have heard this interview with Stephen Cush on Morelia Python radio back yeah. in the day. Oh my God, man. It's, you know, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I you know what I'm saying, though? Like, you, you, you just oh, yeah, the sign of, like, uh, what's going on yeah. presently. Yeah. Definitely. It's kind of cool. But sorry, Owen, were you going to say something? I think I cut you I off. No, you know, I was, uh, I was not. I was, I was wow. sitting back waiting for this. But um, it's, I mean, like, so as far as the scrubs that you are working with, I mean, have you kind of learned some new stuff just by getting kind of inundated with all these different types? Or has it been kind of like business as usual, but the number has just kind of increased? Like, is there any new stuff you've kind of had to learn? Um, you know, yes and no. You okay. know, obviously kind of always uh, observing them, trying to, you know, I think their behavior is one of the things about them that fascinates me the most. Mm -hmm. I've I've never interacted with I feel like a more intelligent snake, um, I guess on a routine basis. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, like just seeing in person, the, the physical differences, especially within amethystina of the localities yeah. is pretty fascinating to me. Um, 
I think probably the, for me, like the, what hit me the most is when we got our group of Arus in, uh, we have 1.4 right now uh-huh. and cool. they just blew me away. Like they were the, like the Holy grail scrub for me for a while, like just totally unattainable. Yeah. Um, since I got into them, the only true Arus that I had seen, uh, was Joe Spitalski imported them. Uh, I think it was like two, two and a half years ago, but it was like literally like three days after Tinley. I'm like, you gotta mm-hmm. be kidding me. <laughs> like now, damn you! Damn like, come on, you know, give me a heads up. I would have, no. I would have kept a little bit back. Like, right. that, that's, that, that is always how that happens. I just blew out my entire yeah. thing. What's for sale? It's like, yeah, damn it. it was the same, same thing with Beox too. I think uh, two years in a row, he got one, and it was like day before, day after Tinley. I'm just like, oh god, like. <laughs> Why now? Like, can't just get get them in December. Like, get them in the in the, you know in the spring. Like, come on. Why does it have to be October every time? Right. Um, so now around Tinley, like, are you like hoarding? Like, no, no, no. That's emergency scrub money because I know they're coming. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, at this point, really, like, I haven't had interest in buying anything that's not a scrub python for like two years. <laughs> um, I'm being totally honest with you. Like, you know, we just we just uh, got back from the Arlington show today. Yeah, and. Uh, I got close to buying some African rock pythons, but uh, that was about it. You know, I obviously love the show and love seeing everything, but I just don't really have a desire to add much right now, uh, which is it's a really weird feeling because forever it was just acquisition, acquisition, you know, new species or adding to projects. And now I'm just like, let's just see what we can do with what we have now, which is already way too much. Like, you know, yeah. it is such um, an odd feeling when you get there. You're like, I don't like, I like, I, cause I don't know about you guys, but when you're starting your collection, you go to reptile show. You're like, Oh, what am I getting? Yeah, like yeah. what's here? What's that thing that's going to get me that. And then you're just like, eventually you get to the point where you're like, I don't need it. I, I don't, I'm not going to bust my like bank or whatever. Hunting this thing. It doesn't matter. But then you get interested in the stuff that no one else is interested in. And you're like, what? So, you know, you, mm. uh, for me, I buy a funky colored or type of, king snake and i'm they're like it looks like an ugly california king i'm like no but it's different it's not that it's it's something else and they're like no one cares i'm like all right fine it's like yes yeah, that point well i think uh, part yeah. of my my addiction to the whole thing was always the part partly was the chase you know it's like yeah especially mm-hmm. back in you know owen can recall the days when we were hard and heavy in scrubs and it was like you'd be waiting for either the list from Cameron or, you know, this kind of really was our only outlet back in the day or somebody to breed them, you know, like David yeah. Beans would have like the clutch here and there. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think who Dave Prada was the other one. Owen, yeah. 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 I was doing it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was few and far between. And as soon as you would, you know, I mean, for us, like Oxibles was the, you know, that was the pinnacle. Right. Of, uh, yeah, of scrubs, you know. Um, They're the Highlands now. Do they change their names again? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something. There's uh, something. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. Where, where do you fall in the whole scrub locality thing? Like, what's your thoughts? Oh man. Yes. Um, yes. We will ask the hard hitting question. Yeah, I mean, I, there's legitimacy in some. I, I think within Barnex, with a few exceptions, it's. You know, it's just kind of a phenotype. Um, I think I think Kofi Owls have a pretty unique look to them. And then there's obviously, like, huge stark differences between, like, 
you know, super reduced bar neck and it really heavily patterns the wrong with, you know, really solid portholes on the sides. But, you know, if you, from what I've heard, you can, it's like green tree pythons. You can find different phenotypes here and there and their name based on the airport. And, mm-hmm. you know, Wamina has come from Jayapur and Jayapur has come from Sarong and we don't even have Wamina scrubs in the private trade, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> and Wamina scrubs look like this. It's like, okay, well, whatever. But then there's like, you know, Biox and Aru's and, uh, you know, like those two in particular, they're pretty defined where you see one, like that's what it is. Right, um, yeah. But then those are also more isolated populations. <clears throat> and then like the really extreme, like the orange oxabils, like with Lawrence's breeding, yeah. You know, you, you're not calling that a Southern, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, with Barnex, I, I think uh, at least my approach from a, a breeding perspective, what I'm going to do uh-huh. is just kind of compare phenotypes and, and, and breed similar ones to each other. You know, I, I think sarongs or what we call a sarong is pretty defined, you know, mm-hmm. heavily patterned with the, you know, portholes on the sides, more defined banding, you know, that's 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 a stuff that we call a sarong. So you could you know say you know F one captive bred sarong type barnex scrub pythons and be pretty accurate. But once you're going into you know Manaquari, Jayapura, whatever you want to call it, Arfac, like I think those are kind of at least without data of collection and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just kind of a label. There's just like you know reduced patterned. Barnack or captive bred Barnack scrub python for all I care, you know. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. I might ruffle some feathers with that opinion, but could be wrong. No, um, I mean it's like a guess. Or I mean, you're you're exactly correct. If you don't have the data, it's a guess. Except, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to that. be able to have data on them. You know, like know the collector, you know the exporter, and you know coordinates of where the snake was picked up. Yeah. And, you know, that would be fascinating, but you also, you know, politics over there might make that a little bit more of a, a, uh, bit, a dream yeah. than a reality. <laughs> so you really, yeah. you really don't want to be murdered just to go over there and get snakes. I mean, like, you know, that's the downside. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, pretty, Hey, cool yeah. snakes for like head yeah. hunting. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of want to come home and like, you know, live. <laughs> enjoy um, my snake. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with the Australian scrubs. I, I'm not going to get headhunted if I go. <laughs> At least I don't think yeah. I will. <laughs> you know. Um, oh, hey. Who knows? But um, yeah, man, that was always um, that was always something that uh, that I went back and forth with when I was uh, getting into breeding scrubs. It was um, yeah, you know, I and and you see it now with the chondros. You know mm-hmm. how the, mm-hmm. the recent Natouche papers kind of yeah. like you know put them into subspecies and stuff and just kind of. I think. I think I think it probably amethystine is probably in the could follow that same you know uh, reclassification. If you look, you know, obviously phenotypically they're very different. Um, All right, so so are you? Do you have a mix of uh, well, let's a mix of adults and 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 young ones? Or yeah, we we got the gamut over here. Um, anything from you know probably only a couple months old to full grown breeder size adults. Everything in between. Oh wow! Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, do you have a mix of captive, born and bred, and wild caught? And do you find you prefer a certain one? Like, are you like, holy crap, wild caught baby, awesome? Dear God, no, wild caught adult. Like, is it like, is there a difference? 
Um, yeah. I, I mean, are you talking as far as like establishing temperament or every, all the above kind of? All the above. I, mean, I, I figured it'd be easier to get a wild, yeah. a, a younger animal established as opposed to an older. But is there certain types yeah. that you don't really give a damn? You're just happy to have it. Um. So in my experience, especially if you're dealing with the imported ones, you know, younger animals are always easier. Uh, definitely one of the hardest losses I've ever taken was we had uh, earlier this year a sex sub-adult, probably ready to go next year, pair of Beox scrub pythons, and they both freaking died. Um, yeah, but uh, kind of serendipity a little bit. About a week after the uh, the second one passed, uh, we got our hands on a either captive hatched or fresh wild caught as a baby male, um, which I think other than obviously the babies that Lawrence produced captive bred uh, last year would be like the youngest Beox scrub python probably anyone's ever seen. Um, and the thing took a meal first try and just super pumped about it. But those other ones were really, you know, poor feeders and, um, kind of same thing with Halma Harris. but I'm kind of lucky. I have an adult female <laughs> imported as an adult Halma mm. Harris that I've had for almost a year. And just like once a month, we'll just take a large rat off the ground and just does its thing, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I got a mail with it and it, it didn't make it, um, it was doing all right, but I think the move from Chicago to Indianapolis kind of set it over the edge, and uh, it didn't, yeah. you know, didn't establish well. Um, so I think I, I see a lot of parallels just from the behavior perspective between the ox and Hama Harris um, right. being a little more, being a little more secretive, you know, kind of a similar size of them. Obviously, coloration-wise, very similar. Um, but yeah, just the their activity and. Their responsiveness, I, I feel very similar between the two, despite being, you know, totally different species. Yeah. So do you have any tips or tricks as far as, like, you know, how my hair is getting them, getting them settled in and, and giving it um, uh, security? Yeah, I mean, just keep it simple. Um, I think I saw, was it uh, Chris Foley who was keeping them in solid color tubs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at start, I, I haven't done that, but that seems like a pretty good idea. Um, just real simple tub setup, multiple hides, you know, in a low traffic area and, uh, just try to mess them as infrequently as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they definitely have the worst feeding response of all the scrub pythons, especially bigger ones, but, uh, have a, had captive hatch pair of babies, unfortunately lost, uh, my female last week in a, uh, heat tape malfunction. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, I don't hear that. Wow. God. Yeah, that, that was like one of the worst moments in my reptile keeping career. Um, so yeah, it, it was it was pretty awful. Yeah, I lost that and three other snakes. But uh, damn it. Yeah, and that that one was pretty special to me. That was I know you guys probably remember, you know, within like the last year and a half, these captive hatched babies popping up here and there. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was the first captive hatch baby. It was the only one that showed up in 2018. And uh, I was lucky enough to get my hands on it and freak accident, you know, took that one from me. So, yeah. you know, it's just part of the game, unfortunately. But I mean, do you find yeah. that, that that's something you kind of have to come to grips with pretty quick with scrubs is that you're going to have some of these heartbreaking moments where, you know, animals don't make it. And I, I mean, they just seem like it. I mean, honestly, I've had 
really great success with them other than yeah. I guess just these instances I've described to you. you know, I've had, you know, over 30 others that have been nothing sort of perfect for me. Um, so they just, do you think that's so, just a rep that they have of being fragile or I, I think it's just certain, difficult? certain animals, bigger, you know, bigger yeah. wild cocks and as it is with, as is with most pythons. Yeah. Most pythons. Um, yeah. We have some bigger females that, you know, obviously we're wild caught, haven't really established too great yet, but they, you know, they're healthy and have good body weight. So I'm not really worried about them. You know, otherwise they seem healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it is a little worse. And one of them's uh, about a nine to 10 foot completely patternless barneck. That is freaking <laughs> gorgeous. That's... It's, and it's not like those patternless Jaipuras that are kind of darker brown. Like she's gold, like a barneck. Oh, um, that is yeah. disgusting. <laughs> like it's, yeah. The, it broke out of the bag in transit. So we opened the box. It was like, oh, okay. Uh, All right. That's a big scrub. Oh. Uh, put the lid down. We're in the car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that snake is, is amazing. Yeah, we, we bought it as a Jayapura, but I'm, I'm really curious on the locality. It has a pink tongue, which is kind of you know typical to Wamina's. Right. But it has no physical resemblance of a Wamina. So wouldn't very curious to kind of pinpoint what that is. Came from? Like, wouldn't it be great if it came with a GPS tag? And you're like, there, right. that's where it came from. Yeah. yeah. Like, is this a re- recessive mutation or just natural variation? Or yeah. who knows? Uh, it's big. So probably need to sex it before trying anything because I've definitely had to miss sex scrub pythons. Uh, not no, necessarily no. complaining, but. Uh, and actually, it's worked in my favor greatly this oh. year. Um, yeah, but, you know, hate to throw that with a male and walk in two minutes later. Like, okay, well, they're dead. So, um, <laughs> yeah. so. This experiment went poorly. Like, yeah, no, yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's, we all have the stories of missexing and having that one animal that you raised up to be the perfect size female to find out it's a male. I mean, like that's, right? yeah, that, that happened to me three days ago. So yeah. it's like, you really want to kind of try to avoid that with something as big as a scrub. Um, mm-hmm. what, what are you feeding those, those, those big ones? Cause I mean, like I, I'm just still kind of dabbling into retics and, mm-hmm. uh, Eric and I were at nerd. They're like, how oh, we feed these ones, the peacocks that drop dead outside. We're like, what like what do you feed these scrubs? Just just big, you know, like our what we would call our colossal rats or jumbo rats. Just that's it. Big rats, yeah. I, I don't like feeding them big meals. Um, I don't like putting a huge lump in them. Like for the big females, like our, our ones that are a little bit smaller, get larges or big mediums or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not in general a big fan of huge meals, but especially with scrub pythons. Yeah, yeah. You don't really see too many times in the wild pics of uh, scrubs with even in like I think of like just wild pics of king horn eye or anything like that. You never see them with like really big huge meals. Whereas opposed to like yeah, like olive the same area. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you see yeah. Like big huge meals. <laughs> it's the olive yeah. puking up the kangaroo. It's not you know the scrub. Yeah, <laughs> or the gator or, or the gator. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah. I feel like I've seen a couple pictures of king horn eye with some massive obnoxious meals like oh i'm sure i I could be wrong but yeah yeah Yeah, but if it eats the one obnoxious meal and then that's it 
like oh, for yeah, the year. Yeah. Like that's I mean I'm thinking about it in relation to like coastal car well, maybe I just see more coastal carpet pictures, but like, you know, when you're seeing them, especially the ones, the bigger ones from down south, you'll see yeah. them with these like big huge, you know the cat. Like, they, like they, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Baby kangaroos or some shit like that. Uh, wombats or something. I, I also mm. think that we think that the animals over there are smaller. Like we're like, oh, they'll eat a wallaby. Wallabies are huge. Like that is yeah, a big animal. Size. Yeah. <laughs> like knee high. It's like, no, it's whatever (laughs) (laughs) so what's your what's your process of um when you're getting in uh you know um you know these wild caught animals like what's your process for getting them established and getting them get them set up and yeah getting them going so obviously at first just you know typical quarantine um i try not to mess with them if it doesn't seem necessary um you know but you know if need be internal treatments or whatnot um Really haven't, you know, another knock on wood moment, haven't really had any respiratory issues with uh, scrub pythons. Okay. Um, but, you know, not to say that that can't happen with any python, um, you know, be it nido or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really just kind of let it sit and see how it feeds and kind of go from there. Um, so, yeah, kind of more just like a less is more approach at first and then, you know, as far as bringing them into the main collection goes, you know, a little more of a complex vetting process, you know, sure. we actually, a lot of the new ones I've gotten since being down here are still in quarantine. And obviously before we bring them over, you know, we're going to do full testing on them, you know, nitovirus in particular, you know, Ophidian paramix of virus, just, you know, whatever it yeah. is to have our bases covered. So sure. yeah. 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 The typical stuff you would do with, yeah. a, with a wild, wild card. Yeah. Quarantine is important. Too many people, I think, get way too excited to have that new animal. Or even if it's especially close to breeding season, if they have like a female yeah. that's ready to go and they just got the boy, it's like you got to you got to pump the brakes. I never understood so. that because, man, you are not. Get, I mean, I shouldn't say it's impossible, but the chances of you getting a wild caught animal to come in mm. and put it in your collection and be breeding just, that season I mean, yeah. come on. It's like next, uh, you know, like it's, uh, yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave Barker says that it is literally impossible to breed a wild caught yeah. adult python female. Right. Um, they need time to yeah. settle, and even then, it's like, like I, I'm I, I, right now. I have a, um, I have some white lips that I'm just trying to get them to settle in and to feed, and yeah. Like you said, the best way I've found to do that is to ignore the hell out of them and like ch- change their water and then leave them alone. Like that's it. Yeah. You know. So with your feeding, or you do, I mean, one of the things that uh, that seems to be with scrubs is to try to keep them lean on the lean side uh, for success with breeding. Um, do you? What are you doing? Like once a month for adults, or like do you cycle feed anything like that? Absolutely. So that. For us, that's kind of our main trigger um, that we use for breeding, food cycling, um, okay. as opposed to, like, drastic uh, heat changes or whatnot. Right. Um, a lot of people we've spoken to about breeding any number of python species, like, who've done it on a large scale, like, guys like uh, Brian Barchek and Bill Brandt, who've, you know, bred thousands and thousands of pythons and a number of species. They say that in you know in their years of experience that 
food cycling absolutely has the greatest effect on on breeding. Yeah. Um, a friend of all of ours, Patrick Holmes, has said that since he's been doing feed cycling with his chondros, that his success rate has just gone up exponentially um, without too much other outside influence. So uh, yeah. that was kind of, you know, yeah. So uh, this year I, I did pair uh, two pairs together, um, neither super intentionally, but I, uh, I treated them as if I was going to breed them. And we were talking about, about a miss sex scrubs earlier, kind of uh, helped me out a little bit. A uh, snake that I thought was a female, just, you know, mid, you know, beginning of fall, like late September, sheds these big-ass sperm plugs. I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, I got a pair now. Cool. <laughs> so it's and a good after thing. That, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now they've locked five times, and I think the female's gravid. So uh, and beginner's luck this? can uh, get to you. They're, they're barnecks. Yeah, and I'm kind of, uh, kind of uh, breaking the rules by mixing what you would call different locality types but uh oh my god no yeah i think i've, <laughs> I've uh, broken the scrub internet or whatever saying that but uh, uh oops. Well, i remember um, that was always a debate back in the early days you know it would be like uh do you do you, you know especially back then you know a few and far between to come you know the specific yeah. phenotype would come along you know do you do you just sit it on the shelf and wait till something comes along or do you, you know, take a shot and just yeah. try to try to, at least you're going to get experience breeding so that if that animal does come along, but then what do you do with the offspring and you know, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I think it just comes, I, I think with scrub pythons, the people who are interested in them are so hardcore about the hobby that yeah. they'd respect the labels. And I, I, I say that probably as a, a generality, you know, I'd probably have someone here and there that would try to, you know, market it this way or that way but i think in this case you know just call them tap the bread barnex scrub pythons you know probably gonna look just like cool barnex you know it's like mm-hmm, yeah sure. it's you know it's not a super defined locality and you know uh i think scrub breeding compared to some other pythons is, is still in such an infancy that it's not like yeah. you know doing a pair like that is gonna have some major long-term implications on keeping uh genetics pure or whatnot yeah right yeah i mean if if getting certain uh animals of certain localities is important to you then just don't buy them you'll be fine like you know yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) it's gonna be okay (laughs) (laughs) see you're not kicking down people's door and throwing scrubs at them like you know it's no if i let any of them go exactly exactly (laughs) like you know they might that's it too no forget you guys these are mine like yeah yeah why not you know what's the size of the female um females I'd say between 10 and 11 foot. Um, You've got a good size. You know, yeah, I mean, scrub pythons, especially big ones, I think uh, with most with most you know, people in general will exaggerate the size of their snakes. But I almost feel like I kind of underdo with them because you get them all the way stretched out and you're just like, wait, wait, what? Like, where, where did that come from? It's, it's kind of like, like, like beauty snakes. Like I have a adult yes. pair of uh, Vietnamese blue beauty snakes I'm be bringing out of brumation probably pretty soon. And uh, the female, she's she got to be close to 10 feet. And, like, she fits under, you know, uh, one of those small, like, 
black reptile basics hides it's like wait <laughs> yeah dude I'm like no okay sure i, I just Whatever. brought my i just brought my pair up and they are deceptively like small like you're pulling i'm pulling them out of their brumation bin and i'm like oh my god the snake just keeps coming like eventually i'll <laughs> right. get to the tail right like where is this yeah. thing so yeah right. i put them both in one cage and they both are underneath this like they have these giant hides but then there's one piece of cork bark and they're both curled up underneath the one piece of cork bark nice. and it's not a big piece so <laughs> they're deceptively long and awesome snakes i love those things oh yeah they're, they're yeah. sweet yeah so you're like Owen. you you have a have a have a fascination with i don't want to say bitey things dirt snakes <laughs> <laughs> Angry I don't want to thing. paint scrubs in a bad light, but you know, I mean, yeah, honestly, the thing like that's kind of the reputation. So I've been keeping scrubs for about three years now. Uh-huh. I've taken two bites ever, right? Um, from anything like even babies, sure. And uh, I don't handle them super cautiously. Um, yeah. You know, I, I typically will hook all of them out because I think if you don't do that, like you're just asking for a bite. Thank yeah. you, hundred um, percent. Yeah, but other than that, like, I don't, I don't want to say like I feel like I understand their behavior, but I, I think across the board they uh, have a few triggers that if you don't hit them, they're generally not gonna be too difficult for you. Right. You know, I was surprised. You know, with the reputation of King Horneye, I was surprised at how mellow the wild ones were. I really mm-hmm. was like, like, oh my god, I can't believe that this snake is not just like nailing the shit out of me. You know, it's just yeah. Yeah, I think it's just how you approach them. Um, sure. They're 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 super smart snakes, and they're they're not easily intimidated. Like if you tap them on the head with a hook, they just get mad at you. Um, <laughs> so like like really like Ow. You that? like oh, come on like asshole son of a bitch. like like try me like I, I'm just getting more pissed off at you. Like, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Wow. It's just like that that confidence that that is really has interested me about them from the start um, is, you know, you're not, you're not messing around with that snake and it, it knows it, it knows its potential. I got a big, uh, probably 12 foot Southern or Maruki type, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day I was, you know, we were maintaining her enclosure and she was on the ground, just not in a position where you think she's like super ready to go. And she takes this big bluff strike at me. doesn't even open her mouth. And she was like, over the hook's length away from me, and this is like this miscut, huge snake hook. It's like 42 inches or something. And she goes like right to my chest. And I'm just like, what? Wait, what? Like, Ugh. this snake probably has a five foot strike range. Right. With perfect accuracy. I'm just like, okay, yeah, like you renewed my respect for you. Like, just you now chill out. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, every now and then they, they, they surprise you, and you're like, oh, okay, I, I, I remember what you're capable of. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Right. So, yeah, that was um, I think I was holding um, I was holding a Malukan and mm-hmm. and I was just talking with Chris fully and uh, all of a sudden his chin's bleeding and we're oh, like, okay. what? Nice. we're like, what hat? And then like, as we see the Malukan is like resetting and we're like, oh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, right. Scrub. Oh, python. that's right. That scrub python is here. And we were yeah. talking and yeah, no. So it's sometimes, man, they just. They're fast. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They always, they have these like little few motions they'll do where it's like, if you're not, uh, not ready for it, like they're going to nail you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
been there, done that. I think I've yeah. been there, done that many, many, many. I times. have. Like, <laughs> and that was, and my dumbass, I put the tannin bars in the cage above my head. So I'm like, I think uh, you're up there. And then like, there's death from above. And that was, that was, uh, that was a yeah. horrible mistake. Yeah. So yeah, you learn. Man. You do. <laughs> Nothing bitey goes above my head anymore. So, so are you keeping them in a variety of, I know you're, you know, you're striving for the simplicity and, and such, but are you keeping them in like, do they graduate to cages from racks or, you know, are you keeping them just in bigger so, racks, big tubs? Yeah. Or? Currently I don't have many in, in cages just because of kind of how our spaces in general over here, mm -hmm. uh, we really need to expand into a new building, uh, in the current reptile room. I don't know if you guys are anyone listening is, you know, following our Instagram, but it's, it's pretty packed and has a wide variety of species in it. So it's hard to really specify it, uh, for, for one or the other. Um, but the goal, uh, at least for me is, um, to get them into really big display enclosures, uh, you know, kind of following in Lawrence's footsteps with what he's been doing. Uh, I really admire gotcha. his enclosure design. Um, but on the other hand, if I do successfully, get a clutch from that barneck this year, then I brought him in Christmas tree tubs. So uh, <laughs> if, it's not if it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I was never, never intending on doing that. That was kind of like a little temporary fixture until I got the cages. And then I realized I had a male. I'm like, well, uh, that's where she is. So screw it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that was definitely one of those moments where, uh, your, your heart's beating through your chest, uh, my first time introducing them, I'm like, oh. don't kill each other, don't kill each other, don't kill each other. I'm like, like this nice. this male means more to me than anything in my life. If you kill him, I will kill you. Like, <laughs> it's it's like one of those like you, you know it's like I would never like you, in, in your intelligent mind you know it's probably a bad idea to throw yourself in between two fighting scrubs, but like I think yeah. everyone would do it. Like I think it would just be like no and try to pull them apart and get bit to hell and you're like, whatever it may, they're safe. You're fine. Do whatever you want to me. Just don't hurt each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like when you have the perspective of like Caymans and croc monitors in the same room, you're like, I'll break up scrubs. Like I'll break up. Yeah. All right. Good yeah. point. I'll, I'll break up some scrubs. Like yeah. I'll take the bite, you know, I might have some stitches and eh, whatever. Um, let Forrest break up the croc monitors. If that happens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's, he's a lot more reckless than I am. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'd hold the phone and, no, um, <laughs> but, you're calling nine one one. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> like that's well, no, I, I, gotta, I finish my story yeah, first, and then I'll yeah, call nine one one. I gotta post this um, first, then I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hang on, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, things we do. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I was gonna say with the uh, the whole the, the tub thing, man. I, I you know always back and forth you know how people are today and all that but yeah i found that like uh with the talma hairs in particular um back in when i was keeping a, a few of them um i had this one and she just would not stop smacking her head against the glass just taking shot after shot i tried covering the glass tried covering the cage tried you know every i put towels i put you know anything you could possibly imagine to to stop this girl from basically, I'm thinking like she's gonna have brain damage at, at the end of this. But yeah, I put her yeah. in a tub, then it stopped. So you can ridicule me, you can call me a, you know, whatever. But to me, that's like paying attention to your snake and, and, and yeah, and adjusting accordingly. You know, so 
Hey, man. That's yeah, I mean, works. you know, it's, it's, just, it's just reading the animal, really. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with, at least in the early stages, doing the tubs. But, hey, if you want to keep them in cages from when they're young, I think there's no downside to that at all. No, um, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Just, you know, just keep your preference. I'm curious, when you saw introduction, I don't know if either of you guys caught um, Keith McPeak's video of uh, the Bowens, uh, the introduction they did, and it's like that... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know if it to me it looked like a dance almost you know what i mean it did they were doing this thing where it's like you I, i've seen snakes you know pythons you know go to get when you put them and introduce them together they kind of like you know they kind of go around each other and they have you know the certain things that they do but this was like like they were almost like they were thinking or something um i'm curious did you see anything like that with the scrubs oh yeah like it was it was definitely nerve-wracking okay, seeing like the, is there, is there, yeah, is there like a, bear, I'm say, yeah, is there a, a very large gecko or a very <laughs> adolescent croc yelling at you? The one loose toke that we uh, rely on to catch crickets. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, making a, making a little you, cameo. You found it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but like it, it was, it was suspenseful to say yeah. the least. Um, mm-hmm. The female, like, she was sitting perfectly still. Right. But, like, you're looking in her eyes and, like, okay, like, she knows exactly what's going on. I'm just trying to figure out what she wants to do. Right. And the male is just moving, like, as slow as I've ever seen a scrub python move, just, like, tongue flicking everything and just, like, oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this could either be really good or really, really bad. Everybody uh, here knows what they're doing, right? And it's, like, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> um, it's like okay, like. I don't know if I'm too prepared to break you guys up, but uh, <laughs> right, let's, let's give it a shot. Like, right. don't kill each other, please. And, like the moment they like first touch each other, I'm just like, <gasps> okay, <laughs> okay, they, they're not dead yet. Um, uh, so, oh, it was something else. Um, that was kind of how I felt the first time I paired my uh, my white lips last year. Just yeah. like, just like don't kill each other, like. But that's the thing is like white lips are like, oh, we've been getting along for a month and a half. And then like one moves. It's like, well, you need to die now. It's like, wait, you were doing so well. And then, you know, you right. the females wrap the male and you're. Yeah. No. Freaking might have lips. to send you some Xanax if you tried to breed Apodora, man. Holy Jeez, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't kill each other. <laughs> He's dead now. It's like, ah. It's like, yeah. Well, here's your Apodora breeding package. Uh, yeah. There's a few Xanax in the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely going to be like the single most like stressful introduction. It's like, okay, well, like these things prefer to eat each other. So. Yes. Good luck. Okay. Um, yeah. So we're we're putting them in the same enclosure together. That seems like a smart thing to do. It's um, <laughs> it's got to be like one of those things where, I mean, the the the, the mo- we can I can pretty much guarantee that the most stressful snake to pair ever would be a king cobra because now you have a snake that wants to eat each other and then you've added venom on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So yeah. But like an apodora, that's still that's a big animal. If it's, it's a like breeding takes size, the out exactly. And, you, now yeah. you have the same thing. It's like yeah. that's. They I don't know scrubs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I, I know it's gotta be stressed, dude. I get, I'm twitchy putting California king snakes together. Like I don't like right. it because they might hurt yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine putting apodora together. How long do you have until you're ready to give them a shot? 
Um, I still got a couple years. My okay. uh, my my biggest one's a male. Had him for about two years now, and he's uh, about eight foot. Um, super freaking cool snake. I think other than scrubs, they have to be my favorite pythons yeah. to work with. They're definitely like the most scrub like, but also have their differences. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're just fascinating to me. And then we have a, a younger wild caught female. Um, who she's probably about like five to six foot now. We got her when she was like four and a half, so nice. growing well. And then have a a small, uh, I think it was like early 2019 captive hatch male, and have about a month old female coming pretty soon. So oh. it'll be a solid 2.2 of those, but probably still three years away, judging by the size of that uh, biggest female. Yeah. So, <clears throat> backing up a little bit, like, what's your approach as far as temperatures with scrubs? Do you keep them cooler? Do you keep them standard pipe so, stuff? Yeah, in this room, we kind of followed the uh, Barker Phillip uh, 78 to 82 ambient with, oh, okay. excuse me, um, majority of the year, no hot spot. And then um, during breeding, give them an 84 degree hot spot during the day. And then uh, once a female is ovulated, bump it up to 88 until she lays her eggs. Yeah. Um, so most of the, so when I was living in Chicago, I didn't have the ability to keep a room ambient like that. Uh-huh. So I did have supplemental heat on them. So their 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 range is probably seventy six to eighty six at any given time. Maybe not even that hot. Um, I never really kept them particularly hot, and they seem to do just fine. So yeah. um, I I don't know. I I I found that they seem to like it a little cooler than. Yeah, yeah, I think like once once they get a little them. hotter, then they start to get a little bit irritated and yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like uh, blood pythons. You know? Yeah, blood yeah. don't like it hot. Yeah, yeah, um, but they and I never. I don't, think, I don't think quite as as like life threatening as blood pythons, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This so I do it. I'm curious. I'm curious. Like, how do you have that set up? How are you running ambient? What do you got? Like a couple, especially with we the got facility, a, like what you guys are working with. So it, it's it's interesting because we have so much heat going on in this room for the the monitors and the crocs that uh, okay. that kind of partially takes care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the the crocs have mercury vapor lights, and so do the monitors. Um, we have a mini split running in here too. Um, so and that it, you know combination of those two down until almost you know zero will keep this room at a reasonable temperature. Um, once it gets really cold overnight, you're maybe dropping down to 73 in here, but uh, I don't generally not any lower than that. Yeah, um, which you know for the snakes is, is you know perfect. Almost we might even want to get a little cooler, right. but for the monitor for the for the crocs in particular, that kind of gets into the you know dangerous temp- uh, territory where we're looking at our eyes potentially and whatnot. Yeah. Um, especially ones that we don't have supplemental heat on, like our, our smaller ones. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not too familiar with with them in particular. They, they, I guess, they have to have like the other monitors really hot, basking spots, and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like aquatic crocodiles, you know, like our oh. caimans and crocs and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> no, the ones that live in the water. Got you guys um, had crocs. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no, like the croc monitors are care wise, they're, they're very similar to you know sea monitors and other gotcha. Indonesian monitors. They're just <laughs> super dangerous. So <laughs> we've never had somebody on the show where we're just like, uh, yeah, croc, whatever they say, croc, croc, yeah, croc. no, <laughs> no, no monitors are actual crocs. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, 
Wait They're both right. here. Oh, <laughs> which one are you talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. So what do you, what, I got to ask, I mean, what kind of, what kind of yeah. crocs are you guys working with? So we got a uh, 10 species, um, dude, you know, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, cause Forrest is the, uh, vice president of a uh, dragon wife, dragon, dragonwood wildlife conservancy in Florida. Okay. Um, one of the largest private crocodilian breeding facilities out there. I think they have 18 species, um, that they're working with there. Really just one of the coolest places I've ever been to. Um, so we have some stuff up here. Some of the, the offspring they produce, we use for educational shows that like we'll bring it to Tenley park and stuff like that. Okay. And then he also has the, the white Cayman project that, a uh, leucistic spectacle Cayman, um, that he, uh, imported, I want to say four or five years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. so in total, it's the spectacle Cayman, more let's croc, American alligator, dwarf and smooth front, uh, Cayman, Yukari Cayman, Broadsnow Cayman, uh, Cuban crocodile, oh, Australian dude. freshwater crocodile, and uh, Siamese crocodile. So yeah, ten species in total currently. Now is it just like are you guys are you guys just pretty much raising them up and and hanging out with them and then eventually if they get too large they go back to Florida? Yeah, yeah, we're we're probably about there with this group where we're gonna um, probably send Swap these out. ones back for you know to start yeah. you know going outside getting ready for breeding. And uh, get a new crop of babies that were used for the education. Yeah, I would say like you know, your forest isn't having you dig ponds on the property or anything like that yet. <laughs> I wish. Like, oh no, dude! But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, we, to have like a like a croc greenhouse or something would be awesome. Um, but the the goal of this main room here is uh, to be the the Cayman breeding room. So we're kind of uh, doing a big facility wide renovation thing to move all the snakes elsewhere and, you know, this and that to try to open up this room for just crocodilians and actually build, you know, your pools, the, like the, like the ideal enclosures for them, uh, for breeding. Right. Wow. Man, that's, that's a lot That'd of be different cool. reptile species. Dude, I mean, but, you know. yeah. you and then also like a, an entire rodent operation on top of it. So yeah, exactly. There's that right. too. Yeah. But I mean, can you imagine <laughs> you, you got to go deal with the apodora and then you have to go like, Raid a spectacled caiman nest, like I mean, like that's that's yeah, yeah, Man, that's something, awesome. something new every day. You know? like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, go go deal with the croc monitors and then you know the adult scrubs and then you know this and that other thing. It's like okay, yeah, no, no big deal. Like, yeah, not like I'm risking my fingers on multiple occasions today. It's, like, <laughs> it's, it's all good, you know. If you end up yeah. having to give one away for the cause, it's fine. Yeah. You got nine. I haven't more. had anything happen yet. Yeah, so fine. <laughs> Well, yeah, it should go this way for like the rest of the time. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I should say that. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. having having been a chew toy for an alligator, it's not fun. So, you know, it's yeah, no, it, just avoid it as much as oh, you yeah. can. Oh yeah, I've had a I've had a couple <laughs> moments where I'm I'm grabbing these little ones. And I'm just like, wow, wow, that was close <laughs> to, to a hospital trip. But uh, okay, now let's clean the tub. Like you know, the next one. It's like you know, don't even have to think about it. Uh, <laughs> Wow. That's true. If you think about it, yeah. you don't. If you hesitate to think about it, you're toast. So the scariest yep. animal here is the tricolor monitor. Oh, that thing dude, is terrifying. How like, though? like just like the fastest lizard that like ever that can actually do damage. Like, there's a bunch of little lizards that'll scamper all over the place, but like this thing, when it bites a glove, like they will hold on for half an hour at least. 
Oh my God. And you, you, you can't get it off. Like you'd have to cut its head off to get it off. Like you, you won't. So you sit at this, you sit there staring at this thing, just gnawing on this glove. And you're like, wow, that was my finger. Like I have four fingers on that hand. Like, like it's, it's just gone. Like, but this thing gets me like whatever it gets, it's just gone. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just scary fast. I've only fortunately had to grab it a few times and just, wow. Oh my God. Talk about an adrenaline rush. Just, they're just, they're so fast and calculated and just, you know, when you least expect it, they're dash five feet in like a blink of an eye. You're just like, okay, you're over here now. Uh, they're not they, got, they got out one time. We had chased it across the room and oh, like, everyone here was in, you know, like a few of us had gloves and everyone else had, uh, like towels or sweatshirts and whatnot to try to throw on it. And, you know, that always works with crocodiles. I didn't think it would work with a monitor, but it, it actually did. Um, surprisingly. So you don't really see, oh, you don't really see tricolors a lot. I mean, that, that's, oh, no, like there's, there's maybe like 15 in the country. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool animal to be. I mean, like, uh, forest has got a great collection and a ton of really cool shit. Oh yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, like yeah, like I know we talked about it earlier, but like, is there ever that moment where you're like, holy crap, I'm working with tricolor monitors? Like, there are some people, yeah, who might not ever see these things. Actually, yeah, like when when you're just you know routinely just you know spraying it down or throwing yeah. crickets in there, it's like yeah, but like when you have a thing in your hand, you're just like, wait, what? Like, yeah. What am I holding right now? Like, jeez, that is oh, just, nuts. You know, it really hits you. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. You uh, you went to uh, Southeast Carpet Fest, right? Oh, yeah, yeah I did. Poor yeah, person. I did. Yeah. It was fun. It was the first Carpet Fest I've been to. Uh, I had been to Cody's facility a few times before, but he really Shit, stepped man. it up. And and that says a lot because before it was one of the best places I'd oh, ever been to. Beautiful. It was Yeah, it, you know, he basically just makes everyone else in the private hobby look like just total trash. Um, myself yeah, don't included. you feel like a piece yep. of shit um, afterwards? I feel like, like such an ass. And the thing is, like, the thing is with Cody, like, if he knows you, he'll just, if he's at your facility, he'll just talk shit to you the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, half jokingly, but, like, not at all, because he's right about everything he says, and you're, and you're just like, yeah, like, yeah, Cody, yeah, yeah, sorry, I can't be you, yeah, okay, yeah. like, keep it coming, like, when are we done with this? Like, yeah, I know, that enclosure sucks, like, that thing should be bigger like okay yeah i get it i get it um, <laughs> but yeah no his facility is inaccurate definitely uh as far as what we want to do here probably the place i'm trying to emulate the most That's yeah. yeah he and i guess when i was there before he had different cages and now he has like these huge they look like yeah so he had the um yeah holy shit what was I think they were like the uh, the old Neodesha venomous cages mm-hmm. um, for the mambas, and then you got uh, the Doug Bar enclosures uh, all custom made for his um, his uh, mambas. And Forrest and I were looking at those like, man, that's those are the scrub python enclosures we want. Um, yeah. Dimension wise, almost like exactly. So, wow. Yeah, those things were breathtaking. That is so yeah, cool. cool stuff. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So you had, had, had a good time. All right, that's good. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of really great people there too. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the whole. I mean when we were 
were doing that. That's the whole idea of Carpet Fest is to, you know, yeah. from behind your computer and go hang out with people, talk to yeah. them, and actually get to know them, you know. Definitely. Build relationships and such. So, cool. Mm-hmm. Do you have a uh, Do you have a favorite scrub? Um, yes. no, one. basically, no. Pick uh, one out of your children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a few individuals that, that, you know, just mean a lot to me from just like a, like almost like a pet perspective. I, I don't want to say like that, but right, you I know, know, these animals just like, I just, you know, like you offer me 10 grand and I'm like, huh, no. Yeah. Um, yep. But, uh, I, you know, it's, it's between, I, I can't even really say, cause everything has its own, you know, uniqueness to it where with amethystina it's just the variety is so insane you know it's hard to hard to beat when beat that when there's like 15 different types that all look totally different to choose from um but it's hard to beat a top quality malukan and then just the halma hair are just so different and interesting like when i've got my first ones i'm like okay like these are immediately my favorite snakes like they're just hmm. they're just so amazing um yeah, but you know, hard to say. I think if I had to have like one enclosure, it would probably be a pair of Malukans. Um, yeah, but that's you know, that's uh, not an easy decision to make. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, nobody yeah. wants to make it, but <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. If, if I had, to, if I had to say, it probably would be that. Very cool. Uh, I don't know. Did you say you were working with Malukans or no? Yep. Yeah, we have. Unfortunately, what I believe is actually 3.0. Um, oh God, no. <laughs> which, yeah, like cause I got my first one bought as a female who, like a month ago, shed sperm plugs, and I was not happy to see them. I'm like, oh, come on, like, yeah, why? Killing you know, me. Why me? Um, yeah. And then uh, I got another one. Um, the two that I have sex myself. The other one I picked up at the uh, Arlington show a year ago from uh, last weekend. It was on an importer table before the show, unlabeled. Uh, it was actually before it had its first shed. And oh, I looked God. at it. And, you know, what typically was what's thought is that they have red babies. And this thing was gray. Um, but I looked at how the pattern changed and there was no barnack. I'm like, holy crap, that's a Malukin. Like, mm. huh. what the hell? And we just yell over the guy, like, hey, what's the price on scrubs? He's like, oh, you know, insanely low price for a Maluka. And I'm like, take my money, take my money. Take right my now, money. right now. Like, like you're, just before you're you realize. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like, I think I, I literally sprinted back to the room as fast as I ever have. Just like, I need to get this right now. Like, cash, <laughs> take it. You know. <laughs> um, so, but uh, with that one, though, it was a little uh, interesting. I, um uh, and I got in it. It looked like it was in a little bit of rough shape. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, it's, it's a bit of a gamble, but for, for what I'm paying for this, it's like, how couldn't you, especially with at that point, you know, maybe a handful or imported every year. Right. Um, so, you know, obviously what you do, you soak it and you soak it and you soak it. And, um, uh, Ryan McVeigh shipped it back for me from the show. Cause I, I used to live about half an hour away from him. And, uh, he said it shed with him and, uh, it like it had like a, a skin rip or something. It looked like some sort of like protein deficiency. It's like that looked like its yeah, first yeah. shed. I'm like, wow, this is like where did they find this thing? First of all, like this young. Um, and so I got it, you know, soaked it again, and tried to feed it. It slammed a pinky right away. I'm like, oh, well, sweet, like that's amazing. I didn't think it would be that easy. 
And like, I look at it two hours later, covered in blisters. Oh just no. The entire body oh. just covered. I'm like, Oh, like right as I thought, I was like, wow, I, I really, you know, hit the jackpot with this. Right. Just absolutely covered in them. I almost think it was overhydrated. Yeah. You know, the it was just, thing. and as soon as it had that first hit of, of protein, it's like, I have all this, this water in my system. I don't know what to do with it. Blisters. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong, but that's kind of what I thought may have happened. Um, right. But it, it, it shut out. Um, I just kept it really clean and didn't really mess with it. And, uh, but I, I showed a picture to a friend of mine, like, man, I got this, found this little Maluka on a table. He's like, well, I was actually, I was asking about the blisters. Like, what do I do about these? He's like, good news, bad news. Good news, blisters, no issue. Bad news, that's not a Malukan. Oh, I'm no. just like, oh, damn it. Okay, well, it's like, hey, if that's what, it, you know, if it is actually, see, if I was a Wamina, it is a Wamina, then I got my money's worth still, but uh, damn it, right. I thought I had a Malukan. Um, <laughs> so I was, you know, kind of disheartened for a minute, but then, uh, especially once I, I moved down here to Indianapolis, a couple sheds, I'm like, that's gold and that's purple. Like, no, I, I was right. This thing is definitely a Malukan and uh, absolutely is um, just one of those crazy stories. And what's interesting about that one is it actually looks pretty different than my other two. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like the, you know, a few typical collection spots, uh, the two most popular being uh, Ceram and Ambon. Right. And I, th- I think the difference in the three I have, I think that one's a Ceram locality and the other two are Ambon. Again, could be totally wrong, but uh, the first two I got look very similar, kind of almost no pattern on them, really, really high gold. And yeah. this one's a little more patterned, kind of has a dorsal stripe, a little more brown coming in on it. Uh, it obviously, is a Malukan. It just looks a little bit different. I'm almost thinking that that right there might be the difference in the two localities or whatever they are. Um, that they might be two different locality types of Placilatos. Yeah. I know that uh, I think it was David Means was talking about how he thought that there might be two, you know, like a subspecies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because of yeah, the, could be. the, the differences in the, in the way they look. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see if genetic work puts down in this. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love you. Are you hearing the token? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. Uh, awesome. The first time I heard that, I'm like, oh, the government's here. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, what's that? Oh, it's the token. It's like 1 a.m., and I'm like sleep deprived, cleaning snakes. And it's like, what the hell? Oh, oh token gecko. Okay, okay, let's you know, take a that's deep breath. Awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's awesome. Real quick, I mean, you guys are doing a podcast now. How's that going? Uh, how are you liking that? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun. I really like it. We've had some uh, some pretty cool guests on, um, and uh, yeah, you know, I I really I really enjoy it. Kind of always something I wanted to do, and uh, I'm in a cool position where I basically sit down and just kind of talk. You know, I don't have to do any post production, whatever. So works out well and i think we've uh definitely had a lot of uh really good interviews and really interesting guests so far yeah you gotta talk more though man i need i need yeah more. i know <laughs> yeah more kush you know i, I know I right it. that that was kind of i think uh it, it was pretty funny um the first time that we did an episode without force somebody in the youtube comments right away was like oh no force like this you know like we have just even like this would be terrible i'm like Okay, like I'll talk. <laughs> no, fine. Is fine. Um, <laughs> the, the funny thing was, the first episode we did was with a uh, with Joe Sotowski. Right. I couldn't hear. 
Oh, okay. We had audio issues. Like, I literally couldn't hear what they were saying because they were like, oh, you know, the just listen on the stream. I'm like, okay, fine. But there's like a 35-second delay. <laughs> so I'm trying, like, I'm just like, I'm, I just give up. And, you know, it was after, like, a you know 12-hour day of work. I'm just like, okay, like, I just want to go to sleep. Like, right. right. Uh, so there were a few few nights where it's like, man, I don't even want to be on a podcast right now. Like, I don't even know if I could talk. But uh, oh, God, just kind of sit there and uh, be the sidekick. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nine, right. Nine, so, right nine, MJ, you guys talk. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, I think it worked when uh, Forrest and I weren't in the same room uh, for the for the podcast. I don't know if anyone watched the video of it, which uh, I know wasn't the easiest thing to do: sit down and watch a three-hour podcast. But uh, right. I think the I think the, the difference in location kind of makes that that flow a little bit easier. Where you know it's one person, other person, the third person. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a different dynamic with a, a three-host podcast, um, but it's, it's fun. So. That's cool. I mean, you, you just get into your groove and do whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, you know, yeah. you ever want you ever want to take me and Eric out of our comfort zones? Take one of us away and then watch <laughs> watch the panic because it's yeah. just yeah. Like, you know, yeah, no. Like the guy refused to do shows when he's in Australia. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well now you yeah you don't have to worry about that. You're right. We can pre-record. Miracles. Cool, 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 cool. All right, so I'm I'm curious. Um, just like we know what you're kind of doing uh, with as far as uh, what you're breeding now, but when you start to get into Halma Harris and stuff, have you have you formulated a a plan a process on yeah. how you're going to uh, you know, breed them? As as of right now. Not not too much, um, you know. Probably not as much as I should, honestly. Um, obviously, I'm gonna you know try to reach out to you know Blake Bauer and Chuck Paul and the guys who've done it already, um, which huge props to them. Obviously, it's an accomplishment that we've been waiting for forever. Um, but uh, I think definitely gonna try to breed them in tubs. Um, I got my adult female in one of those big uh, ARS boa tubs right now. Okay. And she's, she's thriving. Um, you know, she's just doing absolutely great. I think, uh, some of those more like high strung species, in my opinion, probably do better. Like my white lip pythons, I tried to breed them in cages last year and, uh, they were really just on edge all the time. You know, they'd be looking mm-hmm. at you through the glass, even though they were kind of in the corner of the room, always, you know, keying in the male would be striking the front all the time. And it's like, man, like how can these things, you know, breed under so much, stress it's like self-induced because white lip pythons are just that like hyperactive snake but um but now i, I put them in just cb70 tubs i think uh ryan young was saying that that's what he bred his in am i, am I right on that uh i yeah, think you're right those, was it those bigger tubs i think it was yeah. the cb70s was i mean CB70s. yeah uh, so the blacks right because i don't did he yeah. have success with the golds yet yeah he did okay good all right yeah i don't remember I think the blacks you probably have to breed them in those like this uh, like the tubs I'm saying for the Hamaharas just because they get a little bit larger. Yeah, it's two of those and two of those in a CB7 you might be a little tight. Well, here's the thing is that you 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 uh, you uh, what was it? Dennis McNamara sent me pictures of a proven several times over proven pair of golds that were at okay. Daytona, 
and they're not yeah, as, I saw they're those. not as big as you think. They were like, tiny. And you're yeah, like, they Shit. were at a at Tom Piogan's table. Yeah. Like you yeah. didn't trust anybody saying that they're proven it would be him. It would be Tom um, Piogan. Like, yeah. It's... Yeah, and like they were like a like two thirds the size of, of my adults, and I thought yep. mine were a little bit small. Yep. It's like, oh, Yep. You guys aren't getting food anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that, that is, unfortunately, that picture for that, that, that Dennis sends to me, sent me has been the worst thing that ever happened to my male gold face because now yeah. he gets nothing. So yeah, it's, right. it's just the way it is. I mean, and yeah. I think we put a lot of it. I think that, I think that's one of the things that happens with all pythons. Do you see that happen a lot with scrubs where people assume they need to be like 10 feet long, 12 feet long. So they pump them full of food too fast. Yeah, I mean that's what that's kind of my uh, been my experience talking to people who've done it. Um, back in uh, June, first I went to a Herpeton in uh, in San Diego, which was a fascinating event. But I uh, had a fun talk with uh, Brandon Wheeler and Nick Mutton about breeding scrub pythons, and mm-hmm. uh, you know Brandon bred his at a pretty small size, and saying that I had a male Southern that was you know six foot long, and I didn't think he was ready, and. They're like, no, like that's, that's more than enough, you know, throw him, throw him in. I always kind of thought that they maybe had to be more compatible size wise from like a mm-hmm. aggression fighting perspective, but everyone I've talked to like, like they haven't really experienced that with them. So it yeah. seems like the kind of snake that if you do get that is just kind of catastrophic. Cause another friend of mine, I know lost, a lost a male from that. That was pretty, uh, I don't want to put mm-hmm. him on blast, but that was, you know, hearing that story, I'm like, Oh man, like that. Wow. That's terrible. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think they can be pretty small. Um, I mean, the females I have are, are pretty big. Uh, I got really lucky with the two biggest adults I have where I got them at the uh, Pomona show a little over a year ago. Guy didn't even have them on the table. Uh, a friend of mine knew that they were there and was like, Hey, you know, do you have interest in these? They were, you know, an adult female Maruki and an adult female Sarong that had been raised from babies in this guy's collection. So he'd had them for like five years. Um, and I was just selling them for whatever reason. And you look at the animals, like, yeah, these things are obviously, you know, well-established and healthy and, you know, they're, they're, they're not wild caught like two months ago. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, I got my hands on those and it was a little bit intimidating at first because I hadn't, I hadn't worked with ones that were that big. <laughs> right. um, I see the, the, the head on the, especially the, the Southern, I'm just like, Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do it at some point, so I might as well start now, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely a step in the right direction, and you know, now potentially have a, a plush coming from one of them. So, oh really? That'll be cool. Yeah, that's the wrong female. Cool. That's awesome. Are you gonna? Uh, yeah. How are you gonna set up uh, eggs? I mean, are you gonna try to do a maternal incubation kind of deal? No, gosh, I I wouldn't be able to breathe for you know seventy two days against, or whatever. Up it against is. the glass. Just um, <laughs> yeah, I think pulling the eggs would be like the most stressful experience in my entire life. Yeah, it's like don't pull a white lip and crush these things. Like, oh yeah, my god, please God, just um, hurt me. Just don't hurt them. Like, just right, exactly. Yeah, like grab onto my arm for all I care. Like, exactly. Whatever. Forrest, get the it, eggs. But, is like you're going down yeah. over here. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but, you know, obviously going to set them up artificial, just, you know, like any other Python. And then obviously just, uh, you know, I'll contact whoever about how they've done it in the past. But from my right. understanding, not, not too drastically different than most other 
Python incubation. There's, it just takes a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then that'll be a fun thing. I, I like. I know we kind of touched on a little bit about getting babies. Have you found that captive born and bred babies might bounce a little bit faster towards eating and things like that than uh, the wild caught ones? Not necessarily in my experience, but um, I, I actually only have two captive bred scrub pythons. Um, okay. Got them from Patrick Holmes back in uh, at a September Arlington. Um, they're these uh, really cool, like almost granite uh, Southerns F2 that are recessive mutation. Um, really high orange. These things are, are beautiful. But uh, I think he was saying that uh, he, he bought the clutch and he said that there were, you know, some of them weren't the best feeders. Some of them took right away. And basically every young, either you know, captive hatch, quote unquote, or wild caught scrub pie that I've got is, is taken from the jump. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it seems like with a lot of uh, python species, that first generation captive bred is so much different. But with scrub pythons, it almost seems like they almost get like worse as far as the scrub issues. You know, particularly like their their attitude, where like with retics, right. you know, that started breeding and started breeding them, they went from these monsters to you know puppy dogs. Um, hmm. Well, I don't know if scrub pythons will follow that same trajectory, but be cool if they did. Yeah. Um, but I think from what yeah. I've heard so far, it might not necessarily be the case. Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the scrubs I had and the difference between the wild caught ones and the captive born and bred. Obviously, were far. No, remember that one I got from David Means uh, Owen. Uh, the suede. I cast. Yeah. Yeah. Tweed. I, I called it tweed. 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 Yeah. tweed. I liked him, um, dude. I all my scrubs that I've had, I never liked any of them, but I. <laughs> We we had we had baby Malukins like we we had some uh-huh. tiny like they were red, and oh yeah wow we had, we had, Chris and I had them for the longest time and I if I could do any of them again to be those guys they were yeah I love those things They're I brought them to, I brought them the freaking ICAS and I brought like a patternless Wamina and nobody gave a damn they were all <laughs> they're all running around with my female Malukin like and it was just like all right well right. I, I guess she'll she'll come back eventually right. Like, you know, it, yeah. So, yeah, everybody was uh, amazed by that animal. I think probably because it was so rare at the time and yeah. looked so cool. I wonder why they seem to be the outliers of uh, why they're so difficult to. I mean, obviously, how my hairs are, but you know, why tannin bars are, seem to be the easiest, uh, you know, maybe as far as acquiring them. them? No, no, no. I mean, just breeding them. So I wonder what the the sticking uh, point with Malukas yeah. are. Yeah. Well, know? it seems it seems to be the ovulation, right? From yeah. what I've kind of gathered, is that you know locks, 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 and then no ovulation. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really have any thoughts on that. It's just like, you know, I wonder. It just sucks. <laughs> it's almost like Bowen's we like. Yeah. yeah. We were talking to, you know. We've talked about this off air, on air before, but like I, you know, I I see like more and more scrubs outside of the breeding time of typical pythons, yeah. and I'm wondering if maybe we're just breeding them at the wrong time. Yeah, but then that also raises the question: like, is there a right time, or is is the right thing to do? Like, you know, use an ultrasound and right, follow, yeah. you know, follow the follicular development year round, and as soon as they start to you know skyrocket up, feed heavily oh, and start boy. pairing, yeah. you know. That's how the that's how the bigger production facilities do it with everything. Yeah, because yeah, they 
they're doing this and they, they need to be on those numbers and you know, they've really made a, a kind of factory like system out of it. So yeah, I think some of that's still up in the air, but I think that's one of those things that people don't really want to accept is that a lot of these kind of standards and practices we've been shooting after might just, you know, they might work, but they might not be optimal after all. We might be doing right. a little too much work almost, but uh, I don't know. Just kind of thought. Have you guys thought about bringing an ultrasound into your facility? Oh yeah, we, we have one. Damn um, it. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, we, we've been, we've been using it, uh, admittedly not as much as I'd like to, but, uh, we ultrasound a lot of our emeralds before, uh, breeding season. we got eight adult females, um, all captive bred signal herp stock. And, uh, nice. we've gotten two locks so far out of those, um, getting a litter. I know at least for Forrest, that would be like snake wise, the pinnacle for him. And obviously that would be absolutely amazing. Um, we get a, a litter of, uh, you know, Miss Willie line or even just any old, you know, Northern Emerald tree boa. I say that like it's some normal thing, but you know, <laughs> these are, you know, really high white, just, you know, selective bread, um, right. signal nice. lineage, just be mind blowing. They seem to have just had a resurgence as of yeah, the Yeah. I was about to say yeah. that it seems like they're yeah. picking up steam. Yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of it kind of coincided with, with, uh, when Forrest was really big on, you know, when he was first getting his kind of bringing attention to Northern's where like, you know, basins where all all the hype was nothing against basins, but I don't think anyone really truly realized how amazing Northern's also were. Um, Because, you know, you go to any Repticon and you see the skinny import ones for 300 on a table. You don't really think twice about them. And you look at, you know, Ed Marino's page and you're just like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, but you don't realize that there's Northern's that are kind of, you know, similar to that too. Um, yeah. So, you know, and they're obviously price point wise, very different, um, makes them more attainable than a basin to most people. Um, so yeah, I think that's where that really comes from. The new surge in those. I I was kind of digging. We went to Keith McPeak's place, uh, Uh, about a month ago and he, he had his, he had a bunch of baby anacondas and I'm um, not the actual anaconda anaconda phase. The anaconda phase, yeah. and I'm like, oh, so that's why they call it an anaconda phase. And I'm like, they, I mm-hmm. thought they were kind of neat. So, oh uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We have an adult female uh, captive bred anaconda phase. Nice. Not really too sure where she's going to fit into our breeding because, like, it's the exact opposite of the everything else. Yeah. Of the group. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, she looks cool. Like, uh, we'll keep her there. Like, you know. Oh, but uh, yeah, I know the anaconda phase. They're they're amazing. We have a. Uh, one of the males that Forrest picked up back uh, in March um, from, a, you know, another signal lineage. Uh, mm. This thing is just, it's ridiculous. Um, we acquired uh, Ron Smurge's collection. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Uh, he passed away recently, but he's, uh. you know, famous for his sarong, uh, green trees. Those okay. were used in a lot of designer lineages and whatnot. Um, and uh, so we got his green trees and his emeralds. And just some of the most amazing emeralds you'll see. And one in particular, uh, I think an F2 offspring of his, just bright, bright, like lime green with like anaconda spots on the sides and really, you know, crisp and clean uh, white crossbars that like black outlines, just like literally the best looking northern emerald I've ever seen. I think Forrest would agree with me on that one. Um, We uh, confirmed that it's a male, so... That's like the most exciting as far as the emeralds go. At least, at least the way I see it, if we can get that one to breed to a Miss Willie line, 
I think that could produce some of the most spectacular emerald offspring anyone's ever seen. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so ha- having those projects just to kind of toy around with and also seeing something that's like a really stunning animal and wanting to get it to procreate is just in- involved in herpticulture is awesome. So, yeah, and that, that seems to be like a little bit of everything. Like everything we have here is like, oh, a little bit here and there. But like when you actually look at what it is, it's like, wow, that's freaking huge. Um, yeah, we really don't have like a like one project. I think once those once the caiman start breeding, that will be like the project. Mm-hmm. But uh, until then, you know, green trees, emeralds, uh, scrubs, monitors, the abronia, this and that here and there. It's like a little bit of everything. It's pretty difficult to stay on top of everything, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's easy to forget about like, oh, shoot, we're going to do that, you know, that drop here. And like, oh, crap. Like, did we just screw up our whole season with those? Uh, yeah. You know. So Got to feed it, the rats. Uh, like, yeah. So yeah. does it work like, um, like, how do you guys go about mapping out your breeding season? Is it like you guys meet and sort of talk about it or does, does Forrest have I mean, we're, we, an idea? We're kind of always talking about it. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. he has, you know, he has ideas for days. Um, mm-hmm. We're kind of like, we're, we kind of work well together where he can just say every idea in the book. I'm like, yeah, but you know, <laughs> it sounds great. Maybe right. in like 10 years. Um, you know, right. we gotta do this, that, other thing first. Uh, you know, kind of always bouncing ideas back and forth. But uh, yeah, same thing with the breeding. You know, especially with with the species that he's more familiar with. Kind of, uh, you know, he takes the lead on planning the breeding for those, and then the stuff that I'm more familiar with. Kind of, uh, you know, that same thing. Where I'm kind of more on top of the planning for those. So, uh, you know, it, it works out pretty well. Um, where we can try to get everything on as good of a track as possible. So I think we did. We, uh, we kind of like mapped out everything, every species, what needs to be done on this date and right. whatnot. And, you know, try to stick to that as well as we can. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, what's it, what's it like? What's a day in the life like of a, of a, of a rodent breeder? Or- <laughs> oh man. You. It's, uh, yeah. it's something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not the it's not the hardest work in the world, and I think until you do it, you think it's more disgusting than it is. You know, it's it's not that bad, really. Um, yeah. But uh, on such a large scale, though, like it really, it's almost like it's really scientific, actually, because uh, I, I do kind of like the um, colony management mm-hmm. type stuff and the breeding, okay. and really, it's 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 really fun and like I said, scientific. Uh, you know, trying to optimize the the uh rodent production um i almost find myself sometimes spending almost a little too much time doing that i'm like oh gotta do reptile stuff today too. <laughs> oh shit um you know but uh just keeping it all under control that's the that's the that's the hardest part because nothing we do here is is particularly difficult except for a few animals we work with on like like hands-on like a seldom occasion mm. um it's just kind of keeping everything in line and you know shipping thousands of rodents out every week and you know keeping all that in line too it's uh it's quite the undertaking but uh you yeah. make it work somehow i gotta i gotta say i gotta give you this you guys this plug i mean maybe probably uh, probably a couple maybe a year ago or whatever i switched over to using you guys almost exclusively for for rodents and yeah top notch man top notch yeah thank way. you yeah. yeah that's the kind of we uh try to pride ourselves on you know we 
any given time probably don't have the best prices around um, on mm. some things, but we try to, you know, provide the best quality. Um, I, they're really, you know, not to, not to talk down on rodent breeders, but I feel like there aren't a lot of people that do both the rodents and the reptiles together um, no. kind of on the, on the scale that we're doing, you know, where yeah. we're feeding obviously all of our own stuff to our animals. So uh, kind of like kind of showing like the proof in the outcome with our animals, like, you know, we're feeding them, all the stuff that we're raising, you know, this is how ours are turning out. I feel like uh, we're able to kind of, kind of connect on a personal level too with a lot of people, you know, because mm-hmm. we're just reptile people like everyone else, you know, going to a show and just hanging out or carpet fest, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, one of the some of the things that made so for a long time, my I, when I worked in New Jersey, uh, I got most of my rodents from 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 a breeder there, and just it, it worked out well, just because. Yeah. You know, I knew them, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. now that I don't work there anymore, I'm not driving an hour and a half to go pick them up. So I was kind right. of in this spot where it was like, well, I don't know. Who can I trust? You know what I mean? And then it, just what you're saying, it's like, okay, right. well, if they're yeah. feeding their reptiles this and they have like, you know, a, a, yeah. a, an amazing collection or rare collection or something that you don't want to you yeah. know, screw around with. Right. You know. So my my crappets can eat, you know, the rodents from uh, forest because he's feeding emerald tree bows with it. it's got to be good. For <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. come right. on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's you know, it's snake people, man. They're they're kind of weird. I know. Way. It's like they, they they will spend like, you know, they'll drop ten thousand dollars on an animal and not think twice about it. But like, you know, God forbid right. you spend a little extra money on the food. You're like. No, Rodent price goes up. Line, yeah, no. <laughs> nah. right? An extra yeah. 10 cents? No way. Can't happen. Well, yeah. I think we all find ourselves doing that every now and then. Sure. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's a difference between, like, you know, you buy the rodents and they're good quality rodents. Like, I've seen people buy rodents at shows from, let's say, less than reputable breeders of rodents. The things have, like, barely any hair. Like, the rat in the bag does not look like it was a healthy rat when it was euthanized. And that's. I don't know why you feel comfortable with that, feeding that to a snake. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, one of the things that we're really uh, proud that we can do over here, because we do such a a large volume of shipping, um, we can flash freeze our rodents and dry ice, which to our knowledge, no other rodent company does. So, you know, I mean, nothing against the other process. Obviously, it's worked for years of, you know, freezing them in chest freezers. But uh, a rodent that, you know, we could freeze in a chest freezer, you know, in like 24 hours, in the way we do with the dry ice, literally could be frozen solid, you know, like euthanized to frozen solid in 15 minutes. Holy so, Jesus. yeah. And like, that's not, that's not an exaggeration. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, really it's amazing. You know, dry ice is like negative 150 something degrees or something. So, uh, yeah. it, it does, the, it does the job quick. Um, mm-hmm. just try to offer like the freshest, you know, best quality rodents. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, top notch. Yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, I I think it's you know the website. You know, you just I just, I love that. Before it was, I think we had to email or call or something like that. I yeah, remember how it was, and now it's like you go to the website. It's flat rip, flat rate shipping, mm-hmm. big deal. Um, and the turnaround time, it's just like, you know, you order. Yeah, Sunday, that's you it's know, there on Wednesday. <laughs> that's that's what we try to do. You know, obviously. Uh, Ground shipping varies depending on region, but, you know, we, sure. we want to be able, if somebody orders it, you know, orders rodents on, on Tuesday night that they have in the same week. Um, nice. 
you know, that's what we, what we shoot for. Yeah. Very, very good. So, yeah, I had to make sure we hit that because uh, yeah, I appreciate it's it. Top notch for sure. Um, do you have interesting chondros? I know that Forrest is a big chondro nut. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I was I was you know addicted to chondros and still am to some degree. Uh, one of my earlier mentors in reptiles was David Newman. He lived pretty close to me, oh, yeah. and I was able to mm-hmm. I was able to see his place when he had you know back when he had some amazing chondros and uh. Yeah, I was able to watch his collection a few times, really learned a lot from him. Um, and then coming here, you know, we're uh, one of our most exciting projects this year is the, uh, the Mosaic. Um, we have a uh, Friday the 13th, one of Pedro's offspring. Oh, we're, uh, dude. Yeah, we got a confirmed lock for, with him to a, uh, a Carpet Man Queen, Trooper Walsh Blue Line female. Phenotypically is very compatible. Like that could be one of the most exciting pairings that, you know, we've ever seen. Um, you know, first mosaic blood produced outside of you know, Portugal or in the United States. I can't say for sure where it's been produced uh, otherwise, to my knowledge. But, uh, yeah, that would be that would be something else. And pair those things up and like clockwork, you know, locked up right away. And we're sitting together for like over a month. It's another one of those like our, our luck, you know, it really lined up. It's not let's try not to screw this up. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, once in a you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and I, uh, I was lucky enough to have some some nice beginners luck last year. Uh, before I moved here, I just had one pair of green tree pythons. You know, I think with everybody, once uh, when Nido first kind of came to the forefront, before I really understood it too much, kind of scared away from from conjures. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had my one pair, and I thought they were too small until Forrest saw my female. He's like, dude, absolutely, put them together. And next big storm rolled through, paired them up, just. The typical beginner's luck conjure pairing, and I got a got a clutch of six babies. It was it was amazing. Um, That's great. Yeah, it was it was definitely like to to this point, like probably my most proud moment as a, a breeder was being able to do that. Um, you know, not an easy species, but uh, kind of got a, a lucky break, and now I'm like, okay, well, time to not breed them for probably ten years. But hey, I got one. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. I'm not complaining. Right, <laughs> so. Right. Score works done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Cool. So, what's your what's what is your guys' approach with keeping um, with green trees? Are you same thing? The um, simple little Andy. Barker method. Yeah, the oh, seventy-eight yeah. to eighty-two, and then yep, same deal. Same food cycling. Where uh, over the summer, feed them sparingly. Typically, like uh, one meal per defecation, mm-hmm. and then. Um, with the emerald, that's a little more specific. The meals between defecations, because they, you know, they're they're sensitive and are prone to, uh, you know, different issues like regurgitation syndrome and whatnot, um, right. which is, is caused by a multitude of things. The, the primary cause is cryptosporidium, which uh, is believed to be just picked up at the the different uh, export facilities um, that also deal with like uh, avians and whatnot. Uh, you know, they aren't they're big on moving stuff. They're not really big on. Uh, you know cleanliness so yeah gotcha. it's uh to get it to get an imported emerald established is very difficult not saying it can't be done but uh if you have the ability to go captive bred it's it's definitely the way to go um which is why you know forrest was particular about only acquiring captive bred emeralds um to avoid all those issues that have plagued so many collections where you know you build up these amazing emeralds don't you know dedicate a lot of time and money into them and 
you know, slip up and you bring one animal in a little too soon. And then a couple months go by and everything's regurging and the, you know, collection collapses. And it's like, Oh my God, what happened? Oh, you know, yeah. right. like everyone's, everyone thinks they will be the one that doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. It, you're, it's it's going to happen if you're if you're not careful. Um, right. It's just it's just what it is with emeralds. But uh, anyway, with the food cycling, yeah. So more sparing over the summer, and then uh, temperatures start to change a little bit in the fall. Uh, I mean, typically if we're doing it in a perfect world, you know, going with uh, the ultrasound uh, once you know follicle starts to develop to about the eight to ten millimeter range. You know, pushing the food more, uh, starting introductions, and then. Uh, introducing supplemental heat a little bit hotter and then with a confirmed ovulation then bump that up to uh, 88 until they laid the eggs gotcha mm-hmm. okay very cool do you have condors breeding this year except for besides the uh mosaic, mosaic yeah there? Yeah, we only have uh really three major pairings we're doing um the other one is the uh the female that I bred last year, she's um, uh, Vinsky Blue Line uh, Saranga, PNG Sarong female. Um, her granddam was actually the, uh, the sire of the Tiger Stripe clutch and a few other really notable uh, chondro clutches. Um, and we're taking her to the uh, Blue Jayapura male that uh, Forrest has, the uh, imported one that uh, he has not successfully gotten a clutch from yet. He's gotten... Uh, locks and ovulations actually lost a female that uh was gravid from him unfortunately but uh mm. it's you know one of a few true solid blue imported green tree males ever so you know who knows could could be a new lineage starting out of that snake um that's so that's that's pretty exciting too and then we have a pair of pure kofi owls going as well that have locked so all these pairings have locked um the females are still feeding so We'll continue to pair them up, but uh, haven't seen much activity since like the late fall. And uh, as you guys probably know, with Kofi owls, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I might try to train somebody in feeding those babies because <laughs> gosh, I don't want to sit here for that long. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I, I have stuff to do. God, they have a, they have a brutal yeah. track record, yeah, and especially pure, like uh, they had some um, uh, lemon Kofi owl. Biak, or I think it was just Kofi Biak babies, but like a, a collaboration with uh, Ian Bissell that he produced a few years ago, and right. they got a few babies out of the clutch, and they were just, you know, every, they had to do every trick in the book to get those things going, you know, different, uh, you know, down and whatnot, and this and that. I was like, oh my god, is, is that even worth it? Like, yes, go, like, go to hell. Crap. Just what do you, um, <laughs> is there thoughts on what that is about that specific locality and why it's so difficult <sighs> to get going? No. I, I don't personally know. Uh, I, there might be, you know, someone out there with a good theory on it. Um, but uh, what's interesting, though, is that that uh, that canary phenotype is being found in different areas now. Like uh, I know recently, there were a good number of them found uh, in Jayapura um, and other places too. So, huh? You know, maybe the maybe the origins aren't the the same on all of them. Uh, what we're calling. Kofi owls or canaries or whatnot. Um, so as far as that goes, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I bet there's probably some thought process out there about that, uh, but I, I'm not aware of it. What um, are, are the ones that you're working with? Are they 
like solid yellow or are they like little so the the male the male was solid yellow uh imported as like a subdult um like the the canary like Right. To the definition of like white of white spots yeah. on the on the dorsal, just beautiful, vibrant snake, right. and uh, kind of this breeding season rolled around and it started to go green. It's like, oh man, <laughs> you had to, right? <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then the female is kind of like a like a lime green wash kofiao, very very beautiful, very yellow looking. Uh, next to that male, when he looked great, she didn't, you know, she looked a little more green. And now she's the yellow one. We're like, come <laughs> on, really? Wow. But uh, I know the thought process has been that those canary males won't breed well until they start to go green. So, gotcha. you know, maybe that has some virtue to it. Um, but I could be wrong on that. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Cool. So maybe, you know, potentially could have uh, three pretty high-end conjure clutches this year going. It would be absolutely amazing. You know, be pushing the sickness out of the way with that mosaic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you got some competition now. <laughs> sickness is getting a back seat. Yeah, no, oh. I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully, we can at least compete. You know, yeah. be interesting to see if uh, you know what Bill has going on over there. What that would do with mosaic if uh, oh, the bloodlines were crossed. That you know, wow. seems like any calico blood of mosaic just you know produces mind blowing. Uh, results so that could definitely be something that uh we dabble in down the line yeah for sure wow okay so bill if you're hearing this just send stuff our way we'll figure it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you get a box you're gonna be like what the hell is this oh, <laughs> <Eagle>. okay <laughs> yeah oh man cool stuff oh and you want to uh hit your uh your, your the closing questions, questions? Yeah. all right all right well um I guess the first one would be um, if you could have any reptile in the world, whether it be with no with no restrictions, whether they be legality or size or anything like that, what would it be and why? That's that's a tough one, obviously, as is with everybody. Yeah. Um, honestly, like it's crazy to think like I'm, I'm only 19 years old and I've, I've been doing this for a little bit, but like not that long. I've already right. been able to cross off a lot of those, those species. I'm, I'm super fortunate, especially since working with forest to be able to, uh, you know, say that, cause I may have said, you know, Malukan scrub a few years ago or right. you know, croc monitors or whatever. Um, man, I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't not say King horn eye at this point. Um, <laughs> you know, to have a, have a huge adult King horn eye would be just, spectacular but uh i mean uh, yeah that's a tough one i, I could give you a uh, an answer from you know multiple different you know families and mm-hmm. whatnot but uh i think for simplicity of the question i think i'll say uh you know huge, huge adult king horn i would be just the pinnacle for me okay now um if you could go herping anywhere in the world where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find i think i'll probably have to say uh you know, PNG, look for some Malukan scrubs, go to Ambon or whatnot. That would nice. probably be the trip for me. Nice. That would be cool. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a theme to these answers. Uh, yeah. I'm no, yeah. I'm noticing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. And, um, 
I guess the other thing is, uh, would you be willing? What are you looking to add to your collection in the near future? <laughs> Enclosures. Mm. Um, yeah. Cages. Uh, Got so, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big display enclosures would be freaking great. Um, <laughs> but man, uh, I'd be looking to add. That's a, that's a good question because a lot of those, another thing where a lot of those have been crossed off, you know, like artery scrubs, Biox scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, well, I think an obvious answer would be bull and I. Um, oh, you that's psychopath. Probably, that, yeah, it's one of the, <laughs> one of the couple species uh, that I haven't been able to mess with yet. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I, I'd give the answer bull and I. That would be one of the things to, on, the, on the top of the list that I would want to add in the near future. I got a question to add into your questions, Owen. Oh, being go somebody ahead. that's you know you're a younger guy being in the hobby, where do you see the future of the hobby? What are your thoughts on where the future of the Man. is going? You know, I, I don't want to sound too optimistic with this, but I, I think it's going more mainstream where it's accepted now. Um, yeah, you know, with some of our friends like you know Brian Barczyk and Miguel Garcia, they've been able to like do things with these mainstream you know media influencer types. I know a lot of like you know, people who are above the age of like 18 or kind of look down on that a little bit, which, you know, it is what it is, but the, the truth of the matter is that's where the attention is in today's yeah. society. Uh-huh. And, you know, to see these people who have, you know, audiences of millions and millions of followers, you know, interacting with snakes where it's just like, well, these are so cool and look at these colors and, you know, not like, Oh my God, it's scary. It's going to bite me. That's a huge change in my yeah. eyes um, where, you know, people aren't looking at, at snakes as these, you know, monsters anymore or that the only value they bring is that shock and awe of a bite video or something where you right. can actually appreciate a snake just for what it is just you know even if it's like a, a morph ball python that's you know, that's a start right. um yeah you Brian's know bringing more people like is looking gorgeous that like his he oh just, yeah do it. oh my god yeah we we gotta we gotta go up there soon to check out the expansion yeah the yeah. first time i was there it, you know i i think that place is amazing too it's like that's the future also is a, a more casual setting like that where, you know, zoos are great, but there's something about, especially for young kids, that physical interaction with the animals that like you, you can't replicate, you know? Right. 100%. And especially, you know, for these, these kids who are you know looking up to Brian, watching his videos every day, being there with somebody that they look up to so much, you know, being that positive influence on them. As much as people talk crap about Brian, I, I had endless respect for him. Um, and, you know, Pleased to consider him a friend now, uh, you know, luckily through my relationship with Forrest. But uh, right. what, what he's doing, really, it, it can't be replicated. Give him all the all the crap you want. You know, he's, he's you know, one of the driving forces why we're still able to do this and why it will become more of a mainstream, accepted, you know, popular thing. is just, you know, the herpetoculture, you know, private reptile keeping yeah. from, from guys like him who are, exposing everybody who's not already in it. That was one of the interesting things he said on the, uh, the podcast we did with him was his model. He, uh, he kind of referred to all of us, uh, affectionately as the Tinley Parkers. Um, <laughs> everyone who wants to go or has gone to Tinley Park. Yeah. Just like how many people is that? And we're kind of estimated it's probably about 200,000 people. Like that's a pretty good audience. Yeah. But yeah. Everyone who's not in that group, that's hundreds of millions of people. So it's, you know, at least in the United States, it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's probably the demographic. If you want, you know, if you're looking for reach, go to the non Tinley Parkers, you know, create content for those who aren't already immersed in this hobby, which, you know, 
no issue doing that. You know, that's what we're doing here right now, you know, mm. producing content for people who love these animals. And really, I, I find that more fulfilling than, you know, doing a video that's more simplistic. But that's almost more important, really. Um, you know, even if you have to have some crazy, you know, clickbaity caption on it, I don't, I don't particularly love that. But it's just it's the attention. It's you know, kind of an unfortunate yeah. truth about society these days. But it's one you can take advantage of to actually spread a, a message that's worth spreading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're smart about it, you know. The, yeah, right. The the uh, the thing is, is like I think it's like with podcasts. Like you know, we get a lot of times, like especially you know, the more and more come into the scene, it's like uh, you know, are you guys? I don't know what the word would be threatened or whatever. And it's like, no, I, no. I, 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 no. well, I welcome well, we it. welcome it. Yeah. And, dear and, God. It, and I'll tell you why, because we all sort of have our own lane. And I think that, that that's the same thing that, that sometimes I think more, more, I don't know how to say it, like more nerdy type of keepers, like maybe the three of us about yeah. scrub pythons or something like that. Whereas like, you know, Brian might not necessarily be focusing on like, you know, all the, he, he, he probably knows about it, but like, you know, but mm-hmm. what I'm he saying shows is more he's not, introduction. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not, not going to talk about husbandry about, and natural you know, history like, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and also and people to his followers. Yeah. People bitch at us for being a three hour long show. You know, <laughs> they're like, like we want like twenty minutes. I'm like, go listen to somebody else. They have yeah, shorter right. episodes. Like, yeah, it's fine. Well, like, fast think... forward an hour and listen for twenty minutes. Like, you'll have <laughs> exactly. Fun. I, I, I think though that like I think that you have to have a mix of both. Like, you have yeah. to be able. You have to have somebody that grabs the people in. That are, it's kind of like I look at it like maybe you're too young to remember this, but like Reptiles Magazine, right? Reptiles Magazine. Oh, I, yeah, I, I remember that. That was that was everything back when I was first getting into it. Right, because yeah. it, when you're younger. That's the you know that's that's your introduction into reptiles. Oh yeah, I got I got addicted to dart frogs because of one issue of those. You know, I think I still have it somewhere. Yeah, right. You're not necessarily like reading scientific papers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, (laughs) and there's a lot of the evolution though. You know, you you start with watching a video, then you read the reptiles magazine, Uh, or now listen to podcasts or whatnot, or you know, watch a YouTube or somebody a little more, you know, who's talking a little more sophisticated, like, you know, Dan Malary or somebody like that. And next thing you know, you're reading scientific journals and interested in herpetology. Right. There you go. And I think that's like that, that that people have to remember that, you know, you need both. You know what I mean? You, Mm -hmm. you, you kind of need both because once you become a keeper, I mean, it's just like with keeping, you know, with keeping snakes and stuff, you know, you, 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 you get, whether it's a corn snake or a ball python or, you know, what you would consider quote unquote beginner type like of snakes, start, yeah. you know what I mean? You, you get them yeah. and, you, and you're like, okay, now I've kept this and been successful with this. Now I want to move on to something, you know, more advanced. And then, you yeah. know, eventually you want to push it. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I think, uh, I think that sometimes people cut that short. It's funny. I was at a, uh, I was at a, um, a party, a wedding. And I'm kind of known as the snake guy by people mm-hmm. from my work and stuff, which I'm sure all three of us can say the same thing, you know. Yes, like, yeah. yeah <laughs> when you're outside of the uh, the when you're not near circle, others, yeah, you're the you're snake the guy. Snake guy, you know? yeah. So yeah. Th- immediately everybody yeah. wants to start talking to you about snakes. And what I've found that you know, because I'm what 45, so back in the day, they didn't want to talk about 
like nobody wanted to. Ooh, that's weird. What do you mean? You yeah. Know? So, and now it's like, and every single time they say, "Oh, did you ever see this guy on YouTube, Prime Park?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So. I think even, even in my lifetime, I've seen that, you know, like just for myself, like when I was in middle school, you know, I almost tried to like hide it almost because I would get just ridiculed endlessly for being interested in this stuff. And, right. you know, now you go to any middle school and, you, you know, you say the name Brian Barczyk or, you know, you say Miguel Garcia or even like, you know, I've seen people wearing Justin Cabilica's T-shirts on the street. Like, yeah. you know, he's a ball python breeder. Right. <laughs> a, a great one at that. But like, he's a ball python breeder. And, uh that someone like that can have, you know, exposure that is that, you know, recognizable. It's like, wow, this, this, this thing is really going somewhere. Um, yeah. It's great. It's, it's really weird going to Tinley Park and seeing all the different Carpet Fest t-shirts, like from various yeah. Carpet yeah. Fests and like all, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this is odd. <laughs> it's like, this yeah. is, yeah. But it's cool to think about that it is more acceptable. And it's almost like you get surprised every once in a while when somebody from, your normal life, quote unquote, is like, oh, that's awesome. On or hey, I got like two corn snakes into this, and you're like, oh shit, yeah. all right, yeah. It's like it's something cool. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and stand on the stance. Like uh, we've had Brian on the show, I think a couple times, but way mm-hmm. back in the beginning, he didn't yeah. know who we were. Oh what, yeah, he, he, was, he gave us the time of day. It was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So like, I I, I have mm-hmm. nothing against it. I know like some people that I know. Do you know? And I don't understand why, because most yeah. of them never interact. Yeah, it was a little bit of a smear campaign kind of deal too. You know, yeah, you kind well, of got the rough end of it for a minute there. If yeah. you don't, if there are but... people that hate you for no reason, then you're not doing it correctly. Correct. So you know, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You have that so. negative fan base against you, where like a Facebook group, it's like, hey, you know, I'm. I've I'm made it. A, <laughs> I, I've influenced enough people where I have a hate group. It's like <laughs> sweet. I have a group. Like bring it on, you know. I, I can't. I, <laughs> I yeah. love I love the hate group for me because it's like I listen to it every week. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Right. I don't like I don't force you. You don't have to. It's like I'm sorry. But yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, they hate you so much that they, they listen, watch your content and take vigorous notes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, thanks. Man. All right, thank yeah. you for uh, I guess <laughs> poor Owen gets the hate mail and I get all the <laughs> Oh thank I, God I, I, for I, your show and oh yeah. <laughs> Eric, they, please come on our show, Eric. Eric and I, no, no, no. Oh, and you stay over there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Owen, oh, I do have an announcement for you. Um, what happened? Um, what I do? The Reptile Gumbo Podcast has oh, made a God. commitment. Wait a minute. Oh, well, God. maybe you're not going to be on it now. But Oh, uh, hell. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> See, you want me to edit that part out? Before no, I the, don't. Uh... <laughs> no, I don't. Go well, ahead. they made a commitment to not follow suit and ask <laughs> me to come on first. They're going to ask you to come on first. And yet my inbox is empty. What's mm, up with that? Mm, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. Sounds like the Reptile and Chill guys all over again. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> that I'm doing just to piss them off. So, yep. No, but this has been awesome. I, I love this kind of stuff. And you know, you, you're going to have to let us know how these scrub projects go and what other Definitely. craziness you and Forrest kind of get into. Because I mean, like, oh yeah. If, if you had asked me like five years ago what, what the hell an abronia is, I would have been like brownie. Like I don't know. <laughs> what country is, that? I, is that a type of cookie? Like it's like I would not have known this. So it's an uh, Italian cookie. <laughs> yeah, it's I guess right. Yeah. So it's 
it's definitely cool stuff like that and uh definitely dig uh watching your guys stuff so yeah uh, it's very cool yeah you know we're uh we're trying to like we're trying to just expose people to just different stuff you know like we we have you know ball pythons here i'm just cleaning some right now you know we have the basic stuff. There's nothing against that, but you know, just yeah. trying to get people to expand their horizons a little. Like when someone messages me on Instagram, it's like, you know, you're like, I'm interested in scrub pythons now. Watching your stories or whatever, it's like, huh, like that's that's like a cool feeling. I, I didn't think I'd be, you know, sure. be able to say that I could have that reaction. I'm not trying to sound like arrogant or whatever. I'm like, wow, that, that's that's really that's really awesome that you know I can introduce somebody to something new like that. Um, yeah. Kind of and people's horizons and you know, because why not do a little bit of everything you know i think everyone's a little too focused on making a business out of it or you know chasing that dream and nothing against that but you know why not just sit back and enjoy it a little bit too along the way and not you know not be so one-track minded about it you know the other part that uh, i think it was uh mark mandick said it on reptile radio a long time ago and they were talking about doing reptiles as a business and he said the one mistake that people make often when they do this is they go into business rather than grow into business. Yeah. Just a slow and steady, you know, you know, okay, I breed this and, you know, I take that reinvest it back in, whether it's equipment, you know, website, whatever, you know, the success rate of the dump a large sum of money up front. People, it's so it's so ridiculously low that I don't know why people haven't caught on yet. But yeah, you know. <laughs> why 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 they still think it's doable? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, I get amazed by the the like the actual people that do it as a business. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, um, yeah, uh, even like somebody like Justin Kabilka and his, um, his yeah his his marketing. That's just, that's just marketing genius. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. it's really admirable. And he does it in such a way that it doesn't seem like it's being pushed on you. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. I mean, he has the proof right there, you know. You walk around a show, it's like, he has the best ball pythons. Not to yeah. talk down to anybody else's, but, like, you walk sure. to the table, it's like, wow, you know. He just, he has that knack of finding that, like, next thing that pushes it forward that no one else has thought about yet. Um, and then has the best way of presenting that. You know, you can find that and not know how to present it. And he knows exactly how to present it down to a science in a good way, or it's like, wow, like that, you know, that's impressive and really admirable. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not necessarily a, uh, I, I wouldn't consider myself a ball python person, you know, per se. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I do follow some of the stuff or whatever, but like with him in particular, yeah. it's like, I'll be watching his YouTube and I'm like, there's no way he can top that. Like, I mean, that's gotta be right. And like six months later, he's like, Oh, I've been working yeah. on this for a couple of years. And he explains the project to you and like, boom, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> he took yeah. it to another level. So. I kind of give credit to those ball python people. Like I couldn't, I couldn't focus so much time in the, in the one species like that. Like, like, I, no, God, I don't know. I mean, I, Hey, you know, like, I'm, Walking around Arlington, I'm like, man, there's a lot of people here who their life is ball pythons. I'm like, good for you, you know. Like, if, if you yeah. really, if you really that, you know, you feel that strongly about it, like, great. Like, I could, I could never do that. I'm like, okay, rock snake, you know. Okay, it didn't move. Yeah. Okay, oh, that one looks different. Like, you know, sure. nothing against that, but I don't know. I just sure. something like this is is much more exciting to me. Working with different species and kind of like 
learning new things here and there. But yeah, I call, it, I call it reptile ADD. That's what I have. It's well, okay. and we and right. we experienced it with carpet pythons. You know, it after a certain point, it's the same damn snake, just a different paint job in every bin. It's like it gets boring. Like, give me some other stuff. You know, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, I love that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Working your way tonight, and you you yeah you, you end up jumping a few times. Like oh okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, oh man, I, I love that thing. I want one loose yeah. in my house. <laughs> They're freaking sweet. Reminds me of when I was a kid. My dad had one. It got out, and that's the same thing. You would hear it like, and be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to get in touch with you and, uh, you know, talk about all these amazing species that you keep, what's the best way? Uh, Instagram primarily. Uh, okay. My Instagram is uh, Stephen Beardus, Beardus like Morelia Beardus. And I'm also on Facebook just under my name. And uh, would be remiss if I didn't shout out Forrest and Desiree. Obviously, yeah, they've yep. been instrumental in everything I've done. You know, I owe everything to them. And uh uh, the Instagram is their primary means too. So obviously Zoo Dreams and uh, Desiree AM1. Uh, they're both also on Facebook. So got to give those guys shout outs because uh, without them, I couldn't do any of this right now, which, you know, it's just everything I've wanted and more really. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it, this, this to me puts me like 10 years ahead of where I thought I would be, you know, committing my entire life to, to doing this. And like I've, since I was eight years old, wanted to be in the reptile business, you know, make my living doing something that I love. And sure. however that would form out, I, I didn't, I didn't really know. My interests were so broad, you know, at first it was like, as everyone does, you know, they're into the ball pythons and getting fascinated by that and then different species. But then like realizing doing full-time reptile breeding, it works for a handful of people, but you know, the people who are really doing it have kind of multiple areas that they're, mm-hmm. they're drawing from, you know, like media stuff, like, podcasts and youtube and uh you know getting that exposure um really helps and and then be able to do like conservation work too is something that is you know i'm really passionate about uh kind of following in forest footsteps with the abronia you know trying to be a part of that too or uh being involved with the the croc conservation as much as i can be is something that is really exciting to me as well obviously you know Living dinosaurs, how can you? You can't beat crocodilians. They're just, they're so amazing. Nah, it's really you know, cool. I was, you know, two years old watching Steve Irwin, you know, it's like, I kind of had to do it. So, um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What is, um, what about, uh, if you want to get rodents, what's the, give the shout out the yeah, website uh, and all that? Yeah, coldbloodedcafe.com. Okay. As you were saying earlier, $30 flat rate shipping anywhere in the United States. Um, yeah, we just, you know, we pride ourselves on having the highest quality rodents on the market. Um, I was a customer before I worked here for, you know, for three years, bought rodents everywhere else you could. And I opened my first box, you know, there was still lots of dry ice in the box and these rodents, they look perfect. They're clean. And I don't even remember what other rodents look like anymore. I'm like, okay, like I, I can't, I can't stop buying, buying from them mm-hmm. now. Like this is just such a, a better product. Um, so, you know, it's something that I was very comfortable, you know, coming into being so behind the product from the start. Um, you know, something that I can, I, you know, I can try to push out that other people truly believing that this is, this is the best that's out there. So coldbloodedcafe.com is the website, um, yep, shipping anywhere in the country. And we try to have the fastest shipping time of anybody in the industry too. Yeah. And, uh, I can vouch it's good stuff, man. I, 
I, yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, top notch. So if you're looking for a new rodent breeder, check it out for sure. Awesome. You will not be disappointed. Yep. So cool, man. Uh, yeah, appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys having me. This is uh, been listening to your guys' show for for a long time now. You know, it's got me hooked on a bunch of different species. So to be a part of it, something <laughs> that. Uh, we apologize. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, it was, it was worth it, you know. Um, so, yeah, be a part of it is definitely something that I've uh, wanted to do for a while. I'm really, really glad that I was able to. Cool. Definitely, man. dude. And we'll have to have you come back and uh, tell us how it went, you know. Yeah, Hopefully man. Hopefully with some Absolutely. scrubby babies. Yeah. Anytime. Cool. cool. All, All right, right, man. Well, we'll catch up with you a little later. Yep. Right. Take care, guys. All right. Thanks. All right. Good night. All right, man. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. it's uh, the uh, another fantastic episode. Yeah. <sighs> close right. it up. Let's close it out and uh, all right. Go call it a day. Do all your right. do your stick. I'll do my stick, and then we'll. I'll go downstairs and see if they're Kribo eggs. Yeah, fingers crossed for you. All right, yeah. for us, Morelli Python Radio. You can check out our website at MoreliPythonRadio.net um, and uh, check out all the cool stuff we got on going over there. Um, I will tell you this. So yes. something that I've been slowly working behind. Yes. And I have two pages done. Oh, um, God. If you He's go over to things. the um, – so how I wanted to set up the uh, the website was that if you were interested in carpet pythons, you would be able to – well, eventually it's going to encompass green trees and rough scales and all that kind of stuff. But right yes. now it's just like – you know, it's focused on uh, carpet pythons and getting that out of the way. But anyway, you can go over to the, the Morelia complex and you can see I have it broken down. And basically it's carpets, it's carpet morphs, uh, rough scales and green trees that are on there. Um, yep. And you can click on the uh, so if you wanted to check out what are the different subspecies and species of, of carpet python, you could click on that and it will take you to another page that will give you the breakdown and then. Once there, they're broken down by individual subspecies and species. You can kick, click on that, and then it'll take you to a page that gives you some information on it. Now, I've finished the Damn. Darwin page as far as that goes. So you can check yeah. it out. It'll give you a little bit of info as far as Darwin carpets go. Uh, you'll be able to see wild Darwin carpet that we photographed when we were in uh, the Northern Territory. And yeah. I hope that eventually uh, <laughs> I got pictures of uh, the environment and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the range maps, everything like that is all there. You can check it out. Every um, time you talk about this, all I can think about is the like, and that's when Eric's going to write a book. Don't worry. Owen will write a book too. It'll be, you know, a pop-up book that'll <laughs> come from Toys R Us and, it's Owen and his friend Eric and his friend Rob and his friend Keith go have an adventure in Australia. They're yeah. the Owen Pelly brothers. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. Uh, It'll be great. So uh so then we'll have dual book signs, you know. <laughs> be great. Yeah. So uh, there's also uh, another thing that I was working on is the carpet python morph page. So you can click on that and it'll take you to Right now, I have the coastal carpets uh, done, which kind of coincided with that uh, episode of the carpet cliff notes, um, where I focused on just the uh, morphs of the coastal carpet python. So right. um, you go there, and uh, you can you can look at uh, the individual morphs of the coastal carpets: jag, tiger, caramel, you know, exanic, that kind of stuff. Right. So hypo, hypo, yeah, albino, albino, all that stuff. So. 
And well, then to the, be determined. <laughs> so yeah, there's a bunch of ones that are. Up oh there, my so, god, they're woo. so beautiful. <laughs> I sent you some crazy pictures. Oh, of them yeah, I'm sure you're so like, bad. like that melanistic one. Oh Holy my god, shit. it was beautiful. Oh man, <laughs> I want it so bad. Um, but uh, so it, I have two pages done for yep. as far as the morphs go. So if you click on the Jag page, right, it'll take you to a page and it'll show you. All Jag. the different combos that have been done to date with the Jag as a in the mix. Oh God! So at the top, I have it. <laughs> I have it broken down. At the top of the page, you'll have it. You'll see it'll be Jungle Jag, and I separated them in, in, on purpose because I wanted to people to know the difference and not think that Jungle is a morph. So I have right. the different subspecies that and species that have been crossed into the Jag. Um, and then well, below that, all the different combos of morphs that have been done. It's um, got to be every single base. So it's Jag has been mixed with every single base and then I'll, I'll have also been combined. So you have an albino Jag and you also have an albino granite zebra Jag. You also have an albino zebra Jag and an albino granite Jag and an albino granite zebra Jag and an albino caramel granite yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I can't. It's too much. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> you went too far, man. You went too far. Too far. Uh, when I get to four, I break. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if you, so like I said, if you click on the Morelia complex and you know you go over, you see the carpet my carpet python morphs, and then you'll see you know all the different coastal carpet python morphs currently, and right down below each of the pictures, you'll see a little a little tab. You click on that, and it'll take you to the page where it will say. Jag crosses, species and subspecies crosses. Um, which, by the way, Owen, if you want to see mm-hmm. something that's breathtaking, I don't want to. You should go look at the hypocarmel brettle jag. Holy shit, man! What? Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Is it breadlie hypo or coastal hypo? It's breadlie hypo, but caramel coastal breadlie jag. So it's almost yeah. like they took a hypo breadlie and bred it with a caramel oh. jag. But why? Uh, <laughs> like I don't know why. Well, you when you see that baby, you'll 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 understand why. But anyway, you wanted to, you're curious what an inland jag looks like? It's there. Oh um, God! <laughs> you know, and then below it, it's all the different jag combos like tiger jag, caramel there jag, you go. super there caramel you go. jag, albino there jag, you go. reg tiger zebra. Now jag, you're now Zanic, you're talking Ocelet, hypo super caramel everything that's. That's uh, been done to date <laughs> is there. So if you're curious, so Benjamin's front page. Yeah, center. you see it. Oh, you're looking uh, at it. God, okay. I love Good it. No, I want to. Oh, I'm on the coastal part. Too oh, much. Okay. All right. I think I have to send you more pictures of my shit. There's too much other crap. Um, I asked you for them once. Sh- uh, yeah. Shut up. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, all right. All right. Um, really complex. Well, keep talking. You know, keep going. Don't oh, don't I, just sit here waiting for me. A blow by blow. I well, I wasn't giving you a blow by. I was just wanted to. <laughs> you know, okay. I you. wanted to see the morphs. Here we go. Click. Okay. Wait, you take me back to the same shit. What are you looking at? I'm trying to find the the brittle jag thingy. Click on the carpet python morphs. I did. Go down and see that thing. Oh, it says okay. check out jag combo morphs here. Oh. Click on that. Uh, hold on. Shut up. You're going to edit all this out, right? Of course you're not. Uh, no, um, not this part. Not this part. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, wait. Is it, well, I got the hypo. What? 
Wait, um, I clicked. Yeah, no, I clicked on it now. See Benjamin. Says, yeah, okay. I see Benjamin, and then you scroll down. See that little box that says "Check out the Jag Combo Morphs here." There is no little box. You were lying, sir. There has to. What, wait, what website are you on? Really, PythonRadio.net. Okay. Okay. And so I see Benjamin. See a little box. It says, says, it says coastal coastal carpet base morphs as Jag as Benjamin. Right. And then as Jaguar. Right below where it says Benjamin Will Leary Jag. There's not a little box. Not there. a little box. Nope. Are you on your phone? Yes. Oh, maybe I. Is have it not working okay. mobile? Uh. Hold yeah, on. Maybe. Maybe. Hold on. See, this is why we're doing this. This. So. This is why we test these things live yes. on air. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this one, one these... I will edit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> really, Python Radio. I'm gonna have to go in there and fix that. I'm gonna do that right now as we speak. Wait, wait a minute. So, how come when I do it, it's you know we have to, when I'm an asshole, we have to keep it in the show. When you mess up, it has to be edited out. Oh no, we can keep it in. I, I, I no, no, we, I don't. Yeah, no, we should because this is taking too long. That's right. the only reason why. I'm yeah, taking it out, not because I'm not an asshole. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Really complex. I would like to see the morse, please. Okay. Really carpet python morse. It's got that weird silvery granite thing you produced. Yeah. I think it's gross. Um, <laughs> just weird. Check out look, it's right there. I right, click. Oh my god. See? Oh my god. Alright, first off, load everybody. You had to put yeah. Bullwinkle in here. <laughs> of course, man. I mean, come on. That's like, you know. That's great. Look at Riddler, man. Ooh. Oh, Remember Riddler. Riddler. Yeah, he used to be gorgeous. Oh, uh, I don't like the Inland Jack. I don't like the Inland Jack. I don't yeah, like it. There's no. No. It's, it... <laughs> that's why you don't really see them all that well. You know, I mean, that's the point. It doesn't work. It's I love like it when the more doesn't work. Inland. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's all wonky, right. Probably. Yeah, no, I'll send you a better picture of a caramel jag. Well, yeah, I, 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 shut up. I, can, I, can, I just like the problem is all the good. I, I have to like bust out the tent, and that's annoying. Okay. And they're jags, so I have to put them in the tent, and I have to wait twenty minutes for them to relax, and then I can take a picture. But there's been uh, some pretty solid. Well, oh, and this might be more up your alley. Go back, just, yeah, and go to the tiger page. Ooh, there's a tiger morph combo. Uh, now you're talking. Now you're talking. Ugh. Damn, I missed that snake, that super caramel jag. So you see... Uh, it's loading, see. but yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, hypo tiger, caramel tiger. Load faster, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I do I like the see tiger the types. Tigers. Oh, God. You'll like what that. What do you mean, like the... The tiger, the tiger types or the tiger combos? I love the tiger types. Well, I have both, but you see I the know. tiger types. It's yeah, but it would just load. Just please, for the love of God, load. I mean, they're all right here. Yeah, it's uh, original line tiger, which to me, red. that's the most amazing tiger to date. When do we start splitting off the red tiger and the MBB red tiger? Because I'm thinking we're getting to that point soon. Well, that's sort of a question. And you see yeah. why I put the 07 and you see why for years I've been referring to it as... 
red from the 07 Balin clutch. Right, because, because it's not the same as the red that we have currently. Correct. And none of these images loaded, and they all say they broke. Okay. Okay. This has Computers. been a fun <laughs> No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they loaded, loaded they and go. fine. I'm looking Shut at them up. now. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Russian line tiger, Thompson line yeah, tiger. My, my Russian line tiger. mail looks so different than that, though. I know. God, he better breathe next year. I was looking for the pit. I think I might actually have the picture. What of my baby boy? Of yours, yeah. I think I might. Yeah, I might, I might send that, that to you. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for that because uh, the one you have is is amazing looking. I love him. I, I, I wish to God he would just produce or, or she was, if she would just get better because yeah. she's still kind of on the fence about her, whatever's going on with her. But you know, I'm just like, just make a decision because if I got to send him to Eric, I want to know now, <laughs> it's right. like, like, just tell me now so right. that I can get him there so he can have all summer to chill at Eric's and be ready by next year. Right. You know, exactly. just make it, make a decision. So but yeah, you know what I noticed? If you look at this, and I probably should have changed it, but I should mm-hmm. I should have put red caramel hypo all together on one line. Maybe I'll move that around. But, oh, why uh, why do that in that? Look? I, I notice the difference in the three of them. Like you don't really see it until no until they're all right next to each other. But dude, that hypo tiger, uh, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> what the fuck? I it's orange. You, Nick had one on his website a couple months ago that was perfectly striped and beautiful. And I'm like, that's another thing. Another thing that is of that same. Dude, I so have to produce them. Holy shit. Oh, (laughs) Oh, you have decision. You have to do this or hypo tiger. Oh, that was hard for you, man. How mad, how mad would she be if I said, honey, I decided that you didn't need a ring. You needed a hypo tiger. Um, that would be a bad day for you, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> Good snake I mean, day. Bad relationship on, day. It depends on. Depends on what's happening. She right. might be all for it, or right. she might decide she wants to ruin me and take that hypo tiger and be like, "Well, this is mine now. I will feed it as I wish." And I go, "What? No." Oh. So like, it's <laughs> dude, that's is incredible. God, they're gorgeous. Make them. Please, God, make I'm them. Trying, All right? I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Because, I mean, like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I would never let a single rough scale that I produce go. But if you're like, hey, I got hypo tigers, I'd be like, how many do you want? Like, you know? <laughs> sure. Take four. <laughs> Take four. Here you go. Give me the tigers. Right. Oh, God. Well, so that, just, that, that tiger jag that's at the, the very first one is the classic. one that's that. breeding with my um, hypo male. So. She, that's gorgeous. It's a great backstrap. It's a good-looking animal. It's classic. Yeah. You can keep the jags and the hypo jags. I want the hypo tigers. You know. See, and then I'm like, part of my brain's like, sweet deal. But then my other part's like, no. <laughs> like, get, at least get. Please get one hypo tiger, you idiot! It's right. like, a, but yeah. Well, the hope would be that I would, yeah, you know, but yeah. with that you never know. You produce a couple. Or God, who knows? But anyway, but um, yes. So, also, uh, while we're talking about websites and other things, people make sure you go to the Teespring store, uh, grab your gear and all the cool stuff that we're going to have up there. Um, we're working on some other shirts that we're going to throw up there as well. So do not waste time. Um, 
and we'll get that going. And I think we're going to start maybe at the end of March. We're going to start talking about plans for Carpa Fest. So once again, if you are willing to help us out for Carpa Fest and to join the Northeast Carpa Fest, uh, I'll say Legion of Doom, because okay. uh, you know, rather than committee, I like it that way. So, um, okay. you know, let us know. Uh, we'll reach out and we'll start planning everything to get together because it's going to be in August, but August is going to be upon us really quick, um, especially because we like to procrastinate. You know, if you see the calendar as an example, we rarely do things when we're supposed to do it. I so, already have it booked. June <laughs> is the June Shut Eric up. and Owen show. It's going to be the launch of the calendar. I can't Dude, wait. I've had so many people I can't hit me wait up for the for calendar. I can't wait for and us it's to mess February. This up. I know. <laughs> I'm like, um, What's I, don't, in? I, I don't have any more. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right, yeah. and this year maybe we'll take pre-orders. This way, we know how many calendars to produce, because we seem to like get one order and it sells out, and then we buy a second order and like three people buy calendars, and then we have a shit ton of calendars. Yeah. So, um, well, we'll figure something out. Hopefully, if we 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 do it in enough time, we'll <laughs> we will that's run not, into that's, those issues. So. That's yeah. not true, but all right, right, fair so, enough. So, uh, we'll figure it out. Um, so definitely go check out the Teespring store. Yep. Uh, for there, um, what else we got? Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, info at moraypythonradio.com. You can listen to the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever Apple, wherever you get your whatever podcast, podcast yep. app you use, uh, you'll be able to find the show. Um, you can follow us on Facebook, our Facebook page, Moray Python Radio, Instagram, Moray Python Radio, um, or you can join our Facebook group, Moray Pick of the Week. Um, and, uh, you know, become a part of, uh, of the group there. Um, as far as myself, ebmorelia.com, um, and my email is eric at ebmorelia.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, um, et cetera. Uh, also I will say, I, oh, wait, let me pull it up real quick just so I can mm-hmm. give them the shout out. Um, in, uh, the Southwest Carpet Fest, has um which their logo i don't have you seen it owen it's the one on the chair the snake on the yeah it's cool i like it a lot uh so it's june 13th um and it's hosted by travis johnson um which we should get him on the show he does bull snakes and coastals that's right up here you have my attention yes yeah (laughs) i knew that would get you it's uh it's it's oh my god uh where is it in california i forget it's a tiny state. Don't worry about it. Somewhere it's in California. Like, I think it's some somewhere in the uh I know there's they say south southwest, but I think it's more like midwest California. <laughs> I think it's more of that uh type of thing. But anyway, it's June thirteenth. Um and uh yeah. It's uh looks like a good time. So if you're out there or going out that way, um definitely hit it up. So see, I'm glad we didn't have ours on June. What do we usually do? Like June eighth? Usually, yeah. Yeah. Now now you can go to both. Yeah. 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 Now you have no excuse. You're welcome, Riley. So um yes. that's all I got. <laughs> all right, cool. Uh for me you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the stuff we got going on at Rogue. You can also go to rogue reptiles at Facebook.com and rogue underscore reptiles on Instagram. Uh, Hamburg's coming up. We're going to be there. We'll just be walking Ooh, around. Yeah. I yeah, know. I know. Um, it's a Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to, um, 
normally I go in before the doors open and I do all my running and crap like that. We might try to get there a little bit towards when the doors, you know, are actually open to the public. And uh, this way we can hang out with everybody for a little bit longer, um, see what's going on. I got to bring my young protege uh, cousin. He wants to get into bull snakes and start breeding projects. The poor bastard. I try to convince him not to, but (laughs) (laughs) shame. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, but you know, we'll come check it out. But Eric and I will both be there uh, walking around. And then after that, you're in Australia, and I think I'm in Florida for the next uh, Oaks show or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, shame. Can't wait. Month I mean, Woo-hoo. yeah, so, here we go. <laughs> you know, I just I I'm not looking forward to the video of you like crying into an imbricata because you found it. I mean, like you know. Tell Rob to at least, like, let you compose yourself or something uh, like that. Uh, me and Riley will be like, dude, can you believe it? Oh, my God. No, no, no. Riley, <laughs> Riley, Riley has strict instructions to act as he's the replacement Owen for this trip. So okay. he's to act like Owen the entire time. Okay. Yell at you constantly. Show no emotion. Show no emotion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no That's feeling. Right. Yeah, none. Stone yeah. face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. Drink as okay. much coffee as he can get his hands on. And, no, flat uh, whites, man. Flat get it whites. right. Yep. No. <laughs> no, he's got to drink the icebreakers. I mean, oh, you got to wow. be the black bottle icebreakers, which, you know, you got to be down in those. I'm going to ask miss those. Scott if they have. Yeah. yeah. So why, man? Good <laughs> they were so good. I'm going to have to ask Scott if they have them on the West Coast. I mean. <laughs> they have to. Right. I don't know. I mean, we have certain things on the God, East Coast that uh, West Coast uh, uh, United States doesn't have, like cheesesteaks and shit like well, that's that. because you know? they're unwashed basses over there on the West Coast. <laughs> Uncivilized. <Okay. laughs> so, but... Ouch. Show has gone off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. If you're still listening, I apologize. <laughs> you are in the family. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so... <laughs> But no, it's the 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 double shot, the one the the black bottle, where it's like here's 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 multiple espresso, go for it. So, yeah. Alrighty. All so, right. uh, we will check up with you guys later. Um, and that's all we have for everybody tonight. So we'll say thank you all for listening, and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Good night.